Today's episode of the Dirty Sports Podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Joe Prano. Current, all the dirt balls and listeners of the show can download Current for free. That's the big F-R-E-E at current.com forward slash dirty sports. Andy, what's Current? Current Joe Prano is a mobile bank account that comes with a Visa debit card that has no minimum balance no overdrafts, and no hidden fees. Great for our young, adult, college, and early 20s listeners, or me, a 40-year-old comedian. No minimums. It gets even better. We are doing a contest with our friends at Current. Current will double the paycheck of a lucky winner who signs up right now using promo code Dirty Sports, or... If they go to current.com forward slash dirty sports, they can win up to $500. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Doubles the paycheck up to $500. And the other thing I saw as I was reading uh, about current, Andy, is that if you sign up for a premium account, you could potentially get your direct deposit days early. Two days that, early. I, I got to say, in my in my younger days, that was something that would I, I would have really, really liked. Yeah. There had been days where I was like, dog food looks pretty good and then be like nah i can make it till friday i can make it till friday i can hold out and, and eat some proper food yeah so here's the deal and then we'll get the show started so the first 50 people who sign up using promo code dirty sports or current.com forward slash dirty sports will get the chance to double their paycheck up to 500 dollars. now to qualify this is important you also need to switch over your paycheck to current. So if you have direct deposit through another system or a bank account, you need to switch that over to current. This is a legit great deal. Uh, I've been working with them all week on this contest. So Dirtballs, go ahead and do it. There's no reason not to. I agree. All right, let's get it started. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host, Joey Nochilprano. Great to be back, Andy. I feel like it's been so long. I know. I was on the road for a couple weeks. Tuggy Dimes was filling in. And uh, now, you know, the good old staple, the, the Hall of Famer, is back to reclaim his, his rightful position. Not even going to mention uh, Sean Merriman? Sean Merriman was also here. Yeah, great job by Sean. Uh, I only I caught about half of Sean's interview on YouTube live. I, I know you guys and, and Tuggy, Tuggy Dimes was uh, sharing some of my comments via the YouTube chat. Um, so great job, great job by Sean as well. Um, so yeah, good, a good solid, uh, what I like about the people who fill in for me, they're always 
bigger than you. Like it's been a long time since <laughs> it's been a long time since we had like Goldberg over here like like now you got six foot or taller to to sit in the in the Joe Prano seat. That, I like that, and I do feel like a child. And Sean's just massive, dude. It's honestly awkward that we ever put three people on this couch with Sean. Oh my god, just making Sean sit in the middle, like douche. The, the thing about Merriman is, not only is he massive, I mean to be a like defensive rookie of the year, a three time Pro Bowler. He really did play at the highest level, right, for a, a few years, which is not easy to do. So it's not like he's just some chump. When you sit next to him, you just think, this dude's a badass. Oh, he's a badass, too, because unlike so many pro athletes across sports, like a lot of these guys from, you know, baseball players, to basketball players, football players, even like the kickers, the special teamers, a lot of these guys within six months of getting out of the league, they're fat, they're out of shape. And you can tell Sean's just like literally never missed a beat. Yeah, and he just he just went into like, I mean, the, the guy goes hard, like no doubt about it. Like he, the dude is jacked up. He he thusts. He thusts hard. He probably doesn't know what thusting is, but he is the definition of thusting. Also, I want to give a shout out to speaking of thusting, intern Aaron has been thusting like a motherfucker. He had papers this week. He looks like he just got out of bed. He is here. In the intern desk. Shoeless. Shoeless, yeah. Shoeless Aaron Maharis. He's got his Pepperdine hoodie. He's not even attempting to pick up the mic. He doesn't even want to talk today. But he is here doing it. Aaron, is this finals week for you? It's finals season. So I got finals. I got finals, finals the next two season. weeks. Uh, I just had a couple of final papers due uh, yesterday. That uh, kind of fucked up the due date on. So really had to, to bang them out in a short amount of time. But you're here. But I'm here. What does that entail? Like a bunch of Adderall and White Claws and just like getting it done? Basically, Adderall, White Claw. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's Very a, little food to I not feel slow like you that's down. like the millennial medicine cabinet. It's just mm-hmm. like Adderall and White Claw. And He's, then a lot of iced coffee and uh, water when you can. He's drinking a claw right water now. Water when you can. It's He cracked one open at 10 a.m. Yeah. Yeah, my time schedule is all fucked up. It might as well be You have, Do you have class today? Uh no, classes are done. So oh, classes are done. You're just you're just set, putting papers in and taking studying and, and stuff like that. Yeah, got it. So, and then how much of a break do you get when you're done with final season? <laughs> so, my last final is December seventeenth, and we don't start again. I think till like January sixth. So about okay. three, about three weeks. Good three weeks. Yeah, nice, cool. You uh, earned it. A lot of white claw. Yeah, yeah thank you. It's, it's gonna be a white Christmas. <laughs> A white Clawsmith. A lot of returns, Joe Prano. A lot of returns? I mean, your love of Eli is probably... Are we allowed to talk about him again? Is it, has, has the... Uh, I, I know that there was a, an execution. Has, has there been a stay of execution? I'm talking about Eli Manning. Now that he's the starting quarterback in the NFL. I mean, I'm not expecting much. In fact, I, I, I'm coming in locked and loaded, ready to make a bet with you. Okay. On this game. Well, the the thing about it, with the spread. Are we uh are, are we going are we starting with the NFL today? No, but okay. we got to we, we got to start where with the important news. I mean, the the thing about Eli Manning again on this New York Giants team, I'm not expecting a lot either for the same reason that I'm not critical of him the last few years, for the same reason that I'm not surprised that Danny Dimes got injured in his first season as the New York Giants quarterback, their 
offensive line is a debacle. I watched it from the front row in person at MetLife last week. There is a lot of holes in the New York Giants organization right now. Um, Obviously, they've got uh, what they think is a future quarterback in Daniel Jones. They, I think everybody agrees Saquon Barkley is one of the most gifted running backs of all time. Their defense is atrocious. The defensive backfield is a mess. And most importantly, they have just never had the semblance of an offensive line in a long time. And that's why I said from the beginning when people would go, how do you not go to Danny Dimes? It's like, well, this is why. Because the guy has a high ankle sprain, not the kind of injury you want your mobile quarterback to have in his very first season in the league. He's missing a game, though. It's not like he shredded his knee. Let's not be dramatic. That's- right. He's missing a game right now, right? Saquon Barkley also has a high ankle sprain going on, you know, however many weeks. And the question is, has Saquon been hurt the whole time? I, I-, I don't think, while Saquon... Being hurt doesn't help them. He's also being hit in the backfield on 90% of his runs. But the the difference between Saquon last year and Saquon this year is Saquon last year healthy has the ability to escape it. The point is, if you're the New York Giants, why do you why do you put Dan, Daniel Jones back in next week if he's healthy? Well, can we agree injuries happen in the NFL? And, and, and injuries definitely happen in the NFL to quarterbacks when they're not protected. Well, also except to Eli Manning, who has never gotten injured, and that and that's fine. But like to me, in the I, history of his career, I don't at any level, and that's fine. But it, but it's not like 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 I did, I know you want to come in and be like, oh, this proves my point. This proves my point. What what point? What I don't even know what point you're claiming it proves. The only thing to me this says is you've put again the guy you think who is the future of your team in a position not to succeed in any regard, not to succeed in wins and losses, not to succeed in, you know, uh, snaps that may help him long term, not to succeed in the health wise, because I said I thought the Giants had the ability to go eight and eight this year. Obviously, I was wrong about that. But people are like, that's a you're a fucking crazy person. Okay, if everybody believes I'm a crazy person for thinking the Giants had the ability to go eight and eight this year, then we all 100 percent agree that this team was not contending. So what is the purpose of putting the future of your team behind a trash offensive line? Well, I think experience is very valuable. One and two, name a quarterback who started his first year that didn't take their lumps. It's just part of the process. Guys take their lumps. I'm talking about who were drafted and started that first year. Right. Like if you look through the history of guys, they get they get beat up. They get battered. And and they do, lose games. They throw interceptions. And they, in the long term, is that ever necessarily proven like do we have do we have factual information that that is helpful in the long term? Patrick Mahomes seems fine for sitting a year behind a veteran quarterback and coming in and winning the MVP the very next season. Aaron Rodgers certainly should have started before he did, but he certainly seems fine for having sat behind Brett Favre. Peyton Manning Can- turned out all right. Yeah, Peyton Manning turned out all right. and They went 3-13 and 13 his first year. Yeah, Peyton Manning turned out all right. And Peyton, like, at, at this point, if we're going to compare quarterbacks to Peyton Manning like 
we we are making a huge leap but, with but Daniel I'm, Jones but because I'm just using I actually that. the the term one of one, the only quarterback that should be the term one of one should be used to describe is Peyton Manning. No, but hold on, I just used him quickly. There's guys who've turned out fine, who were drafted in the top ten to not good teams. Matt Ryan's another example. I'm just saying there are guys, and there's also guys that got abused, took a lot of L's, both on the field, physically, and in the actual loss column, who've who've also turned out all right. Like, would you say Matthew Stafford? You're a Matthew Stafford guy. Yeah. He started right away. Yeah, he did. They got their ass kicked right away. Sure. And again, it's not just a matter of losing. I I don't mind losing. I don't I don't mind having a quarterback in there and losing games for experience. What I mind is a your young quarterback who you have brought in specifically because of his ability to be more mobile than your last guy. Now hampered with an a high ankle sprain. I, I go back to again, and I know we're going to talk about it. Because how do we not talk about it at this point? The Colts quarterback situation. Andrew Luck retired at 30. He's the single best quarterback prospect in the history of football going back to Peyton Manning. According to... According to what, though? According to him coming out of college. Unanimous number one. No doubt about it. He's number one. This is the thing. He's the best quarterback we've seen in college since people were talking about Elway, Peyton Manning. Like, the guys who are coming out of college and they're saying they're ready to play today. They're ready to be a franchise quarterback. They're going to be good day one. Yes, they might take losses, but they're absolutely, positively, 100% ready to play game one. He retired at 30 years old. And he retired at 30 years old because he was put behind a bad offensive line and got banged the fuck up in multiple regards. He's also an anomaly, though, as well. Most guys don't retire at 30. Right. But we're also in a—this is now the age of guys saying, hey, we've seen the long-term effects of being injured. I don't want to be Jim McMahon. I don't want to be fucking, you know, Junior Seau. I don't want to be these guys who we've seen what— playing a long time in the league can do to people. Yeah. The same thing with Calvin Johnson. The same thing. And, you know, obviously you're looking at uh, uh, the the three, the two big examples being on the Detroit Lions. But if you're on a bad team and you're the star of that bad team, wh- why do you stick around for the punishment? I don't think any, I don't think anybody looks at Calvin Johnson and goes, oh, Calvin Johnson's not a Hall of Famer because he didn't put up these numbers for X amount of years. Like I believe Calvin Johnson will be a Hall of Famer. Barry Sanders was a Hall of Famer, is a Hall of Famer. And the thing is, like, how do you put your body through it? That's why, and I'm sorry, I disagree with my replacement co-host, Sean Merriman, in terms of the way he looked at multiple of the quarterback things that I, I sent through on the chat. The way he rates, like, he's like, Phillip Rivers is just making terrible decisions at 38 that he's never made before, but he's not physically washed. And Eli Manning, he's out because he's physically washed. And Tom Brady, it's the TB12 method and whatever he's putting in those shakes. And it's not the fact that Bill Belichick has pretty much throughout Tom Brady's entire history made sure that that guy is well protected. Tom Brady, again, that's why I put, he had a dad bod at the combine. Tom Brady is not some freak physical specimen. His trainer is not injecting him with whatever the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles had that made them fucking superheroes. The dude has been 
protected and had and they have a system in place where if he's not protected he has these little checkdowns and these little flares. he the guy doesn't get hit yeah but, but again I, I, you're using you're, you're telling me I can't use the Peyton Manning but you're using Tom Brady in that system which has been the best system we've ever seen arguably in the history of the NFL it's, it's the same thing like it's not like teams like the Giants it's like they didn't try to protect the O-line they made moves in the offseason yeah. they, they just didn't work out right totally and they knew that last year and they knew that after two games this year and so the thing is okay you got Will Hernandez he's a great guard he's going to be good moving forward okay you've got a couple guys locked in place on the offensive line but when you have blatant holes for example at left tackle at Eli slash Daniel Jones's blind side. The, these guys, I mean, we're, we're going on how many, however many years in a row where we had Eric Flowers and now Nate Solder, where you're just serving these guys up to the wolves. And I like Daniel Jones. And I was not rooting for Daniel Jones to get hurt. I was not rooting for Eli Manning to come back in. I was rooting for Eli Manning never to see the field again because Daniel Jones has success. But the bottom line is it's hard to judge exactly what Daniel Jones is or will be when the guy is getting fucking murdered. And and honestly, it's hard to judge what Eli Manning has been or is now when he's getting murdered. But again, and, and we got to move on. My stance on this whole situation in New York has always been they would have kept him playing if they thought that was the best chance for them to win as a team. Between the coaches, the GMs, I would assume I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that they know the quarterback situation and their team situation better than anybody. And again, I would also go one step further and say if there was that much interest in Eli, then he would have been traded because there would have been value for him. Well, he had a no-trade clause, and we don't know whether or not anybody attempted to trade for him, and we don't know whether or not uh, he vetoed any potential trades. And we we don't know the phone call, but... We don't, you're right. But the bottom line is, I think that there are some teams... And again, we'll talk about the Indianapolis Colts quarterback situation and and the third place Indianapolis Colts later on in the show. But maybe they didn't make a phone call about Eli. I think they're wrong. (laughs) Again, and I've said it for 15 straight weeks, and I'll continue to say it. Well, I I think they're wrong. I would counter with, I disagree, and I'd follow it up with, I think the biggest problem with the Colts has been the kicking situation. I, I I will say they win three more games if they have a decent kicker. Now, we've seen this year, decent kickers are not easy to come by. But in my opinion, they've stuck with Vinatieri, who, again, is a Hall of Famer, a legend, arguably the greatest kicker of all time. How many games has he lost them? But again, people act like quarterbacks who are shells of their former selves haven't come in and win games with teams that are prepared to win now. Uh, Forget Peyton Manning to the Broncos. Let's set that aside. Peyton one of one. Forget Peyton Manning throwing absolute ducks, unable to throw the ball downfield, taking a team with a great defense and winning the Super Bowl. Despite the fact that, again, Brock Osweiler was in there and everybody's like, look at how good Brock's doing. He beat the fucking Patriots. He's he's young. He's the future. Peyton Manning almost outlasted Brock Osweiler in the league. But let's talk about Brett Favre. 
Remember Brett Favre to the Jets? Oh, well, this is a disaster. Brett Favre clearly washed. Brett Favre, the, man. The but, I, page, but I thought he had a decent year with the Jets. But he didn't really have a decent year with the Jets. He had an okay year with the Jets, and the Jets didn't win a lot of football games, and he turned the shit out of the ball, turned over the shit out of the ball. But then suddenly he's on the Vikings, and he's one pass away from going to the fucking Super Bowl. Because the Jets fucking stunk, and the Vikings didn't. The Jets were at one point. I I hundred percent remember this. The Jets at one point in that year were eight and three, so I don't think they necessarily stunk. The Jets went nine and seven that year. He didn't have the good year. He threw twenty two touchdowns at twenty two interceptions. Yeah, thirty four hundred yards. And no, what did you do the next year? He had a good year the next year in. in uh, God, I wanted to say Green Bay in Minnesota. He threw for four thousand yards. 33 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. 33 and 7 after 22 and 22. So what do you do? He found the fountain of youth? I don't think I don't he, think he walked the desert of Egypt and 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 him and fucking Indiana Jones found a waterfall that made him 10 years younger. He took HGH? I don't think anyone's denying that obviously a better team, a better cast makes people better. No one's denying it. Look at look at Ryan Tannehill, who no one's talking about, which I find fascinating. Ryan Tannehill finally is in a system that works for him. They're five and one with him as the quarterback of the Titans. I watch all the games. I've watched all their games. He fits that system great and he's not turning the ball over. So I'm not disagreeing. System matters. A hundred percent. And 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 when you say fits their system is you're saying he's not turning the ball over, he's being accurate, and Derrick Henry is losing his goddamn mind, and their defense is playing great. But that's my point: is that he's he's finally in a situation that gives him the capability to maybe not have to correct force the ball. Correct. Ryan Tannehill has always been able to do this. He's just been on the Dolphins. And I don't think anybody thinks that next year, sorry Titans fans, I don't think next year Ryan Tannehill's coming out and throwing for 40 touchdowns and throwing for, you know, and 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 having, you know, 5,000 yards and th- that their game plan is going to be run the ball, play defense. Ryan Tannehill, please don't turn it over. Which you know, they that was their strategy with Mariota, and it just didn't work out. They Mariota wasn't accurate enough for them, wasn't yeah. able to not turn the ball over in the red zone. But Ryan Tannehill isn't a fucking fantastic quarterback. He's just in a system where they have a running back who's literally losing his goddamn mind, a defense that has always been solid, and they, they've always had a good strategy. But that's why the thing of people going like, I'll take Tannehill over Phillip Rivers. Like, I still think that you can get Phillip Rivers to come in and game manage a fucking running offense. You could get Eli Manning to do it. And the question becomes, if this Titans team makes the playoffs and this Titans team has to take on a, uh, a Ravens team or a Patriots team and, they, and Bill Belichick starts scheming for a – oh, Derrick Henry's not just going to stiff arm guys and go down the field. It can Ryan Tannehill go to the fucking line and say, this is what they're doing. This is the play we're switching to. Well, I, well one, they're 5-1 and one with Tannehill, so I would not right now take it's working. I wouldn't say, hey, I want Phillip Rivers on my team right now. Over okay. Because it's working. Right. But again, Super Bowl or bus league, correct? Phillip Rivers. And, and, and Phillip Rivers doesn't have a Super Bowl, and but, that's fine. But Phillip Rivers is also a gunslinger. He's a gunslinger, dude. He's not Ryan Tannehill. 
He can make the big plays, but he can also throw the costly interceptions. So so I don't know if he can just jump right into that system. You say I'm that. I'm not saying he can jump right into that system. My point is it's, it makes it easy. If you look at Ryan Tannehill's career, nothing about Ryan Tannehill's career says he can jump into any system. Ever. So it's the system that's working, and, and Ryan Tannehill is just, don't fuck it up. Yeah. And good, that's working. But you can't. I like I've liked I've been on a Titans bandwagon for fucking years now. I like their offensive running game. I I like the way that they play defense. I like their coach. But I as as much as I'm on their bandwagon, I can't look at Ryan Tannehill and go, "Yeah, he's going to beat uh, a Mahomes Chiefs team, a Brady, a uh, Lamar Jackson Ravens team." Like you have to win multiple games to win the Super Bowl. I agree. I- and that's exactly what I said about jo- Josie Brisket. And the Indianapolis Colts. But again, we 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 also don't know, like I don't know. I don't like to rule things out until we see it actually happen. Can I? Well, that's can I, can I point something out? Yeah. Uh, Ryan Tannehill and Titans did beat the Chiefs at home, right in Kansas City. Yeah. I mean, they can do it. They could do it. Absolutely, they could do it. And a couple years ago, Marcus Mariota beat the Chiefs in a playoff game. They could do it. But the question is, could he do it? Three games in a row against the similar competition. Do you think Bill Belichick comes to the line and goes, I can't fucking mess up Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill's pre-snap reads are going to be too difficult for me. But but but, but then it, this all comes back to the question of there's only a finite amount of really good quarterbacks. Just the same way with the kickers. There's only a finite amount of guys who are going to be clutch. So... Like I, I, I just don't know what you want. Like for me, uh, uh, again, it's clearly working in Tennessee. I stick with Tannehill until it doesn't of work. Of course, right? Of course, yeah. No, I'm not saying replace Ryan Tannehill right now, but I'm saying if they don't win a playoff game, you don't. You're, you're, you're. If you're the coach of the Titans or you're the coach of the Colts right now, if you miss the playoffs or you don't win a playoff game. You're like, we're set at quarterback, Tannehill and Brissett. This is our future. Well, again, I, I think things you're dealing with a finite amount of really good quarterbacks. Look at LSU. Is this not what I've said about LSU for fucking years? All the talent around them, but they never had a quarterback that elevated them. Oh, they, where's fucking where's A Millie right now? Zach Mettenberg's not as bad as you think he is. I mean, he's going to the league, blah blah. It's not about being good enough to win games. No, with what, Odell and Landry and Jeremy Hill and all these guys on your team and a great defense. It's about elevating your squad. Well, what changed LSU? Let's not forget Joe Burrow was the starting quarterback last year, and he didn't do that much. What changed LSU this year is they have a new offensive coordinator, uh, an entirely new offensive scheme. That's what changed LSU. Uh, and not not to take anything away from Joe Burrow, because obviously uh, the new scheme has really elevated his game as well as a player, and he's going to win the Heisman. But what changed them, again, is the... Dude, that, that to me, a lot of times is an underlying theme that is missed, is who's calling the plays? Who's doing these things? Of course it is. Look, look at Atlanta, and I've been critical at times, but I'm, I've completely changed. I've been critical even this season earlier when I was like, oh, these guys just live off their dad's names, like the Shanahan's and the Schottenheimer's and whoever. Look what Shanahan's doing in San Francisco. 
Look what he did with Atlanta. Look at Atlanta's offense. Who has a better chance to win the Super Bowl, the Houston Texans or the Tennessee Titans? Who has a better chance to win the Super Bowl? To win the Super Bowl? I would probably say, because they have more weapons, the Texans. You think the Titans have a better chance to win the Super Bowl? I mean, it's pretty close for me. Yeah, I do. You, I I think uh, their style of play has a better chance of controlling the game, and they, I think they'd win. But, Here, here's but I, like, I, I like Aaron's point there, too. Here's what I would say. The Titans have a better running game. The Titans have a better defense. Better coach. The Titans have a better coach. And I think the Texans have a better shot of winning the Super Bowl. Because they have a better quarterback. Yes. A guy that could potentially, I'm not saying he will, and I actually don't like their chances because Bill O'Brien sucks, and I stand by that. But Deshaun Watson has the ability to lose his mind. He could put four games to get four games together where he plays better than anybody in football. He could. Yeah. I don't believe Tannehill could do that. I don't think Tannehill could piece four games together and beat the kind of competition he would have to to win the Super Bowl. Could he beat the Chiefs? Sure. Could he beat the Ravens? Sure. Could he beat the Pats? Sure. Could he beat them all? I don't think so. But again, it's a team game. Yeah. It's a team game. Exactly. So it, Eli Manning needed that defensive line sure, to win the Super Bowl. But they weren't winning it. With a, the, Everybody loves to go, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl too. They weren't winning it with Trent Dilfer. Eli Manning got fucking destroyed in that NFC Championship game. I mean, that, that guy took abuse. He also had, that's uh, that might be his signature game in his career. Not a lot of quarterbacks are doing that. In the history of football, not a lot of quarterbacks are doing what Eli Manning did in those two Super Bowl runs and in that NFC Championship game against the 49ers. But what do you mean as far as in the history? Like A lot of quarterbacks aren't doing what? Because Eli's, Eli's second run, he put up a lot of numbers. Eli's first run, Eli's first run was very Ryan Tannehill-esque. He threw six touchdown passes that entire... You and I have debated so much, I've, I've, I just know these stats in my head. He threw six touchdown passes that entire playoffs in yeah. 2007. Now, 2011, he went off. But when, would you, you would have to agree with me, right? 2007 was more of, I'm not going to make mistakes. I'm going to make the plays when I have to. I have a decent running game. I have a defense who's playing well. That was the, the recipe for success in 2007. Yeah, absolutely. With the Giants. And and the and the 2011 NFC Championship game is the game I think that there's literally a handful of quarterbacks in the history of the league who put the performance he did in that game considering what was going through him. We've seen Tom Brady be taken down by pass rushes. When you get to Tom Brady, you get Tom Brady off his spot. Eli, it's Amazing that Eli Manning didn't die in that game, let alone at one point throwing 11 consecutive completions, driving them down to win the game. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, and there's a fucking couple bad punt fumbles. Yeah, there's going to take luck to win a lot of games. But the the fact that they were in that game, the way that he was getting pressured, is something I think only a few quarterbacks in the history of the league can accomplish. Ryan Tannehill will be one of them. Hey, I like the (laughs) Titans. I like the Titans. I'm rooting for the Titans. And, and Remember Ryan, the Titans. And when Ryan Tannehill does it for four straight games and wins the Super Bowl MVP and then does it a second time, I'll be on the Ryan Tannehill bandwagon. Can I just say, two weeks ago, I said Titans are the best team in the NFL. They're winning the AFC South. In the NFL? Did you say I that? Said, I said, it was, if, you, if you looked at that day, you would, say, you would say that the that Titans episode. are playing you know, 
the best football in the NFL right now. Hold on, let me hop in. He said that, and I said that's another. It's a classic, as you know. This has now become a theme on the show. Aaron's hot takes, and I looked at him at the time, and I was like, the Niners, the Ravens. I was like, what? But we've seen Derrick Henry go off, and we've seen Derrick Henry go off in a playoff game. And when you have that kind of a bruising running back, and you can yeah. control the ball, and you have an offensive strategy that is running off of that play action from that and a quarterback that's not making mistakes and a good defense, the bend that the bend, but don't break defense, bend that don't break defenses. Uh, I'll take over the, you know, the, the ball hawking defenses like every day of the week, a hundred percent, the big play, you know, turnover teams versus the teams that just go, Hey man, let's just make it really hard for you to get down there and score. I'll take it every day. So they are playing great. That doesn't mean I think that they can do it four times against the competition that they're going to face. And that the bend don't break to me. That's been kind of the mantra. Now they've had some great defenses, but through his tenure of Bill Belichick, absolutely is, Hey, you're going to drive. You might get down to the we, Bill Belichick's always going, we love the idea of it being a one-score game in the fourth quarter. Yeah. that's Yes, give it to us. You can get down to the seven-yard line, the 11-yard line, whatever it is, but you're kicking field goals. And look, that you can you can talk about the, the Giants defenses that Eli Manning had in New York, the 17th and the 25th ranked defenses that obviously came alive during you know, the playoffs, but... Tom Coughlin had a very similar attitude. Hey, give us a shot late. Give us the ball late. I dare you. I dare you, Bill Belichick, to give us a shot late. I'm sorry, but I can love the Titans, and I can love their coach and their running game and their defense, and I can like their quarterback, but goddamn if I don't bet on the Patriots or the 49ers or whoever those guys might play in a a conference championship game or Super Bowl situation – if you're going, Ryan Tannehill gets the ball on his 25, 58 seconds, he has to go down there and get a score. Yeah. Sorry. Does that make me a Ryan Tannehill hater? No. I, I, and I'm not necessarily— And dis- that's honestly been the argument with me. That's where Sean Merriman and I disagree. I'm a Philip Rivers defender. But also, I've never liked Philip Rivers in that situation. It is the hole in Philip Rivers' resume. is He's had those opportunities, and he's not gotten it done. There's not many guys, though. Again, I, I just kind of want to circle back to my point of there's not many quarterbacks that you can really trust because it's such a hard position and it's such a hard thing to do, especially in the playoffs. That's why they love showing the stats, and I think those stats are so important. How many game-winning fourth-quarter drives does your quarterback have? How many playoff game-winning drives does your quarterback have? It's not easy to do especially when all the odds are stacked against you. And, and, and that's what makes – we'd agree, right? That's what makes the great of the great. Yeah. I and, mean, and, I mean, even, and, even – And that also is what separates the great from the good, from the fair, from the poor. We can talk all we want about, oh, what were the Colts supposed to do and how much money do they have to spend and where is he getting paid as compared to the other players. But uh, two weeks ago, Brisket had a fucking chance – to go down and win the game, and that final drive was an abomination. Which I'm sorry, the re- game where they the game. ran the ball, they ran the clock down from five minutes to no minutes, where they didn't let him fucking throw it, where he had to take a timeout with the clock stop pre fourth down. Was this against the Texans? Yeah, it was an abomination, and that's on Reich, and that's on the quarterback. 
But even someone like Joe Montana, Montana of his four Super Bowls, he only had to leave a comeback drive once. Yeah. Because that's how good they were. Yeah. Sadly, it was against my hometown yeah. team. Yeah, and look, we can... Uh, and I'm not if, trying if to... You're, just... If you're a GOAT argument person, you know, and, and you're on the Joe Montana thing, and you go, hey, man, the, those teams dominated. The the argument for Joe Montana in terms of... Cl- is look at Joe Montana's Super Bowl numbers. The guy's on, unreal. No, he's on... The, he's guy's on... Quarter, the guy's quarterback rating in the Super Bowl, and which isn't everything. It's like a, a million. No, it's unmatched. And he's he's got 40 whatever touchdowns to one interception. In four Super Bowls, he's incredible. He played perfect, and and the thing with Joe Montana is, yeah, we have good teams, and yeah, we're gonna face good competition. There is zero question mark here. He's going, hey, look, it's John Candy. Like that's Joe Montana. Yeah. Well, Joe, we're talking about potential. How would you like the potential to possibly win five hundred dollars? If you know anything about Mandy, you know I could use that five hundred dollars. I think you could. Yeah, I do know a lot about you, guys. I want to let everyone know we're doing a contest with our friends at Current. That is our sponsor for this episode. So download Current for free at Current.com forward slash Dirty Sports. Current will double your paycheck of a lucky winner, one of the dirt balls who signs up using promo code Dirty Sports, they will double that paycheck up to $500. So there, there is a maximum up to $500 if you go to current.com forward slash Dirty Sports. So here's how it works. The first 50 people, Joe, who use promo code Dirty Sports or sign up at current.com forward slash Dirty Sports, they'll be in the description of this episode, will get a chance to double their paycheck up to $500. To qualify, what you need to do is switch over your paycheck to current if you use a different bank switch it over for direct deposit to current and uh i love current it's a mobile bank account that comes with a visa credit card that has no minimum balance joe yep. no overdrafts and no hidden fees i like it I, I was reading all about this current it's just a modern banking system like the idea that these old we're all tied to these old school banks that that don't provide us any service this this thing Links to your Venmo, it links to your PayPal. You know, all your electronic payments can be linked to it. They're giving you an opportunity to win double your paycheck. They're giving you the opportunity to get your paycheck early. Well, yeah, that is that's the Black Premium card. It allows you to get your paycheck up to two days faster when you set up your direct deposit with Current. So if you normally get paid on Friday, if you set this up through the Black Premium card on Current, you then get paid on Wednesday. Who doesn't like that early money? Everybody at work's like, yo, man, I'm getting paid. I can't wait till Friday. We're going to go out. We're going to get lit. And you're like, no, man, I'm getting paid Wednesday, son. I'm getting lit two days early. You got to love that. Yeah. There's been so many times in my life where I'm like, I can't wait. Can't wait to get that paycheck. No, but were you like, you need the money because you got to pay for stuff. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, two days early. So, guys, Current is amazing. Download the app now. Go to current.com forward slash dirty sports. You can download it for free. Again, the first 50 people to use promo code dirty sports or go to current.com forward slash dirty sports can get up to $500 or to double their next paycheck. If you're one of our young dirt balls who hasn't set up a bank yet, I 100% recommend this. If you're a, if you're an older dirt ball, like I know some dirt balls have had that pay with everything for with cash because they don't have a debit card, like sign up for current. 
Like it's it it uh, again. Honestly, when I read it, I'm like, it's modern banking. Yeah, and you only need to be 18, just so everybody knows. I, I just want to throw out that disclaimer. So you do have to be 18, but basically, if you're 18, get current with the current card, fam. That's that's an Andy Ruth original. You like that? Yeah, the current loves it too. <laughs> get current with the current, fam. It's lit, son. Okay, let's keep our New York discussion going. Yes. Let's move into the other sports. It's funny how it works out. It's like Prano leaves, and then all the New York news just suddenly accumulates. This has happened a couple of times. And for his return, it's just a smorgasbord. And, and it's funny because right up till the end... Like right up until a couple of days ago, it was just like I was just coming back into the snake pit. Like everything was going bad. Not that the New York Giants starting quarterback getting hurt is a positive thing, but again, I think it's just an op. I think well, not only does it it prove me right in the don't serve up your rookie quarterback to death, but also I look forward to regardless of wins and losses, I look forward to Eli Manning just showing his physical ability to. To still play, and and as we will talk about in the NFL, I think there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. And I, if my favorite New York Giant of all time, Eli Manning, wants to continue playing in the NFL, which maybe he doesn't, I think this will be a good showcase to show that he ha- still has the physical ability to do so. But as you said, switching sports, honestly, the best baseball news since, uh, I, like for me as a Mets fan, since I don't know what the. That the Mets would let me throw out a first pitch? Like, how far back do I have to go? Well, the Mets are being sold. And as long as it's not to James Dolan, it's an upgrade. Steve Cohen is the gentleman who currently owns 4%. The reports say he's going to then up that to 80%. The best news in the history of the New York Mets, honestly. Like, since the, the since 86 they have been tied to a disaster ownership in the Wilpons for, you know, 20 something years now. And it's been horrific. And they have had many, many talented players over the year that they had to let over the years that they had to let go because of the penny pinching, made off scandling, pyramid scheming, scumbag disasters that were their ownership. They've had a ton of opportunities to get into free agent markets that they passed on because of their penny pinching pyramid scheming scumbag owners and they've still managed to compete in multiple seasons over that time like the the like the Mets organization like the I, I applaud the players' ability to compete being hamstrung by this disastrous ownership situation Steve Cohen reportedly and obviously potentially and hopefully buying the team. And the talk is, I don't know the numbers of it all, but that he would be like the richest owner in baseball or something like that. Like he has more money personally well, than anybody else. According to Forbes, he is worth an estimated $13.6 billion. It's a lot of money. Yeah. I don't know where that puts him against other Major League Baseball owners, but I'd assume... I'd assume a fair amount are billionaires, probably most. Uh, the report I read is that I think that he would be the richest person, as opposed to like some of these guys. Some of these billionaires are part of ownership groups, et yeah. cetera, et cetera. But that he himself would be the richest owner, and that's a great position to be in when you're buying a team in the number one market in the world. So I read an article in the New York Post, which I put in the rundown, which I'm sure no one read. Uh, Aaron claiming he did. This is what it said. 
If you're a Mets fan, you should be excited, not just because you're getting rid of the Wilpons. What it said is, he grew up a Mets fan, so I think that's huge. And two, they compared it to the Balmer situation of Balmer, Steve Balmer for the new for the Clippers, who owns the Clippers, wanted to buy a team because he just loved basketball and he wanted to see a team succeed. They said it's a similar situation where how Balmer's spending with the Clippers, they envision he's going to do the same thing with the Mets in that when he takes over, if he does buy the team, Prano, it's saying that suddenly the Mets are going to be like the Yankees, like the Dodgers, like the Red Sox. Which, uh, much like the Bomber situation, is you're, if you want to hold your ownership to the flames and say, hey, we have to compete against the Phillies, the Braves, whatever the other teams in your division, but you're also competing against the other team in your city, which is the biggest spending team in the world, you're saying, hey— you're like it or not, despite the fact that you guys are only going to play one series against each other every year, and you're going to maybe potentially play each other in a World Series, and that's it. You're going to be compared to the New York Yankees for the back pages of the of the you know the New York tabloids for fanship in New York, all that stuff. So immediately, like Bomber with the Clippers, it's like I am competing against the Lakers. Like it or not, you're competing against the team in your city. And so when you bring in an owner who has a ton of money and you say, hey, outspend the fucking Steinbrenners. I love it. It's because, again, there's no salary cap and it's not my fucking money. Yeah. And also, we have great talent. And we have great talent that sadly, this ownership... Well, you just watched one pitcher Cha- leave. Yeah, this ownership change wasn't in get in there fast enough to save. Zach Wheeler has gone to the Phillies for $118 million. Great pitcher. Would have loved to see him stay. This ownership group or owner himself isn't in there soon enough to say, we're going to outspend everybody. But they still have Syndergaard. They obviously still have two-time back-to-back Cy Young winning DeGrom. You've got Pete Alonso, who set the rookie home run record in his you know, poised to be a beast for, you know, the better part of a couple decades. Jeff McNeil. There are there is talent on this team and the holes they have, we can stop doing the let's spend on Jed Lowry, who can play every little infield position that we need. Let's stop let's stop spending on Robinson Cano, who we're like hoping to get a deal on because we're taking his big contract, but we're also getting a close it's like let's just go out and get fucking free agents for once. Go out and sign dudes. Yeah. Cause you're in New York. Well, it looks like that's what will happen. Now, he tried to buy the Dodgers in 2012. Well, thank God that didn't happen. Yeah. But, again, to me, that shows the point of... He wants it. This dude wants a team. He's willing to spend the money. Those are the two biggest markets. He tried to buy the Dodgers. Now he's trying to buy the Mets. The two biggest cities in the country. It just sounds like a sports guy who's ready to spend money. And and I love it. And there was talk immediately that there was maybe some face-saving five-year like transition plan where the Wilpons were going to still have control or something like that. That's now sort of being poo-pooed on. But like, hopefully, um, there's no truth to that. Or hopefully, you know, maybe that was leaked by somebody. And just to make sure Cohen fully makes the deal and takes control because we need to wrangle this team away from the disasters that are the Wilpons and put them in our rear view once and for all and move on with a, a a franchise that whether you, you know, you can be a 
uh, LOL Mets person and a cynical Mets fan or, or just a Mets hater all you want. But there is great history with the New York franchise, the New York Mets franchise. Obviously, multiple World Series, more World Series appearances, great players, Hall of Famers. Uh, and, and it's New York. And this is what we have needed forever. The same thing, uh, you know. Across the river in Manhattan at Madison Square Garden, it is an ownership problem. People want to throw David Fisdale under the bus, and people want to throw the fucking G. It is an ownership problem. I know you know that with your Bengals in Cincinnati. Some things, it doesn't matter how talented you are. You are not going to overcome a bungling owner. And I made that argument, and Troy Aikman backed me up this week. I made that same argument about Jerry Jones. It's an ownership problem. It comes from the top. Yeah, and and Jerry Jones, I I heard you talking to Tug about that, and the the one part of that that I truly agree with is Jerry Jones is that guy. He's going to spend to win. He has no problem spending money. He has no problem being boisterous. He's done a great job of holding on to the Dallas Cowboys licensing agreement. He's done a good job of holding on to the idea that Cowboys are America's team and stealing – fans despite not winning anything for three decades yeah holding on to a great fan base but dude you're not a gm yeah exactly stop it yeah no it's embarrassing yeah and and but as a giants fan please be the gm forever (laughs) please resign jason garrett (laughs) please give uh dak prescott 400 million dollars yeah, no, it's but but it's. True. I want Jerry Jones to, to rename the Dallas Cowboys to Dallas Jerry Jones. I want him to go bigger. I feel again to kind of bring back to that discussion from last week, which is prevalent in this discussion. Sports are odd because it's the one area where like they don't look at the top. Like if you have a company that's not performing as well, they look at the CEO and they go, "Hey, what the hell's going on here?" Sports is just like, hey, I'm the owner. I don't care. And the best teams that we've seen forever across sports are ones where the owner finds a brilliant person that knows better than them about the sport, hands it over to them, and says, go for it. Pat Riley left the New York Knicks because Miami gave him ownership in the team that was the deal he wanted to be the face of the franchise and Miami has stepped back and said you are this is Pat Riley's basketball team and it has led to much success yeah in Miami right out of the gate it led to success they were contenders in the late 90s and in the early 2000s they won with Shaq and Wade they get LeBron and Wade and Bosh they're still successful to this day because Pat Riley is in charge. Yeah. Bill Belichick in New England. New England is in charge. You don't hear Robert Kraft coming out and talking about who should and shouldn't be the, the players. And honestly, the the reports of a downfall of New England has been when Robert Kraft, when the story is that Robert Kraft is trying to get involved. Yeah. He is trying to say who should or shouldn't be the players and the quarterback. You you look all around. Sports, the the successful teams are the ones that turn over it to guys who know what the fuck they're doing. Sure, and and you go back to the Knicks, my Knicks franchise. We did that with Donnie Walsh and Mike D'Antoni, 
And that is where my love of Mike D'Antoni and my hatred for Carmelo Anthony and James Dolan come from forever because they put a guy in Donnie Walsh in place who had proven he knew what the fuck they were doing. And they were like, do it your way. And then they decided to revoke that. And they go, no, you know what? We want Carmelo Anthony. Well, you're fucking assholes. Okay, who wins more games this year? The Golden State Warriors. <laughs> Sorry, answer your question. You didn't only ask the question. The Golden State Warriors... Or the New York Knicks. The Golden State Warriors. Right now, the Warriors are 4-19. The Knicks are 4-17. and Yeah, the Golden State Warriors. They have a system in place. They don't have the talent. They also have the Western Conference in place. It's fine. They, they, they don't have the talent. But, and again, I'm not a Steve Kerr slurper, but I like Steve Kerr. But unless they're tanking, which for some reason the Knicks aren't tanking and and fuck you and lololololol infinite forever to all the people who are like I actually kind of like what the Knicks are building. You're a fucking idiot. It's a disaster. It's a debacle. It is all the anger I had during the free agency thing. The idea that you're going to just sign a bunch of power forwards and have a bunch of shitty point guards who don't know what the fuck like the the Knicks roster is a joke. It's a joke. I'm not like people are all wanting to chop David Fisdale's head off. How do you judge? This is this is exactly my point with Daniel Jones and Eli Manning. How are you ju- how are you fairly judging what somebody's doing when you have said, "Hey, you're an NBA coach. Here is a bunch of cast-offs and nobodies and a, a stockpile of players at all one position competing in the NBA." It's a joke. It's a joke. They're fucking Free agency was get a bunch of fucking value buys. They were they were checking out at the supermarket with no items, and then decided that they were they literally no, took you know, their shopping cart. They walked around free agency. They put nothing in their shopping cart, and now they're trying to feed a family with the things that they could buy between getting into the aisle or not. They're feeding kids packs of gum and fucking Us Weeklies. It was like they went. You remember the old. Dollar ninety nine DVDs. Yeah, you know that bin. Yeah, and you're about to check out. Yeah, Broken Arrow with fucking Howie Long. <laughs> yeah, the, the the Knicks were basically their free agency was the the DVD. Yeah, the, the bargain DVD. They're like, section. why rent here at Blockbuster when you can own these movies like yeah. Screwballs and Broken and, Arrow and Howard the Duck. Yeah, Howard the Duck. I'm glad you threw in Screwballs. Yeah. We're gonna do Harry the Hendersons two is on sale. <laughs> Got to Why am I gonna rent this when I can own it forever? Harry and the Hendersons. They didn't do a second one, did they? I think they did. They did a second Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah. It's amazing the shit that gets made. I I am loving the Warriors suck though too. Yeah, because they were so good, and I think a lot of people love that. Although it's going to be crazy because they're going to get Steph and Clay back next year, and they're going to get a top five draft pick. I was just going to say that, yeah. yeah. Although I'd love to see anybody who's from the Bay or is you know they got the brand new stadium. What is it? What is it? Chase? Is it Chase Arena? Yeah, uh, Oracle, isn't it? That was the old one. But isn't it still Oracle? I think it's Chase. Okay, but but anyway, regardless. I would love to see somebody who goes to the, like I want to see who's showing up to these games now. Yeah, because they were all already cast as Fairweather fans. Yeah, nobody. I mean, people are, but they're just it's just not 
it's the budget version, you know. But I'm sure it's still super expensive. It's in San Francisco. It's a brand new stadium. Yeah. And and but here's the thing. I think the Warriors will bounce back nicely, and I think that they will be okay. And in the next in the next ten seasons, I'll take the Warriors winning wins over the Brooklyn Nets wins. Starting next year, going forward, I'll take I'll take Warriors more wins in the decade than Brooklyn Nets with KD. Oh, I would, I would take that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Well, if you're a Bay Area dirtball, here's what I want you to do. Because I want to see a view from the seats of the new arena. Hop on a SeatGeek. Hop on the SeatGeek app. Use promo code DIRTY. You get $10 off your first purchase. Go ahead, do that. Guys, SeatGeek is a great app. It's the only app I use for sports events, comedy shows, music festivals, concerts, you name it, you can see exactly where you're sitting. Uh, there's a good chance. There's there's some discussions about possibly going to Seahawks Rams this week in the Coliseum. Wow. Yeah. I would, I would get those tickets on SeatGeek. Once again, guys, SeatGeek will even give you $10 off on your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use our promo code. So download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code DIRTY for $10 off on your first purchase. That's promo code DIRTY for $10 off. On your first purchase. And if you send me a screenshot of any SeatGeek promo codes, I will personally send you two Dirty Sports koozies in the mail. So Mello won Player of the Week. Everyone's making a joke. Like, everyone. Yeah. Although, apparently, Mello stands aren't. But I've seen everybody make a joke about this, from the NBA TNT crew to most people on I mean, social in media. The, in the week... In the week. Did you see this tweet? I hope you James have... James Harden scored 47 points per game. Melo scored 22 points a game. And Carmelo Anthony won player of the week. Carmelo Anthony played more games than James Harden and scored 30 points less. So it, bring, it brings... Carmelo Anthony scored 66 points in the week. James Harden scored 60 points in the game. So it brings this question. Why is the NBA... It's a pity. This is the most fucking pity award I've ever seen. Is that what it is? They're just it's it's, it's a the, the NBA. What the NBA has has done for years is tried to keep you excited because the NBA is the only league where the tank is of an actual strategy, right? Where being bad is good. Um, you can't really tank in football. It's not physically possible. It's it's hard to tell players to like go less hard. Baseball, the the draft is such a crapshoot. So what the NBA needs has always needed to do is find a way to make tanking less prevalent, um, to make resting players, you know, less common, and to keep you interested in games between four and eleven teams that are playing. So the Blazers have sucked this year. They signed Carmelo. He's playing fine. Whatever. It's like he's not playing great. He's certainly not Player of the Week worthy and they're like but be excited about the blazers the camillo's back and it's a it's an atrocity it's disgusting the idea that that james harden scores 30 plus more points in a full less game than carmelo anthony and carmelo anthony gets player of the week is a joke it's a pity or it's it is the nba equivalent of everybody standing around while a special needs kid makes a layup and then they carry him off the court. Carmelo's a special needs kid. Yeah, Carmelo is the special needs kid. 
Carmelo is the kid where like, oh, and he misses. So the big kid gets a rebound and hands it to him and boxes everybody out. Carmelo Anthony is a special needs kid. You know what I don't get about the Carmelo situation, though, Joe, is, and I know we've we've said this before about former players. I don't get these former players or even current players before Melo was signed just being such big stands for him. I, I like like I I was sifting through because I'd love to get you and I have talked about this. I'd love to get we need to start getting some NBA players, former NBA players in the show. So I was sifting through different podcasts and I'm not going to name names of different former NBA players. And this is before Melo was signed. And it's just wild hearing these guys being like, I don't understand. How's Melo not signed? And I want to be like, what don't you understand? He's never been a winner. He's always been a ball hog. The game has changed to when he played to, you know, in his earlier days to now. Like, I, why, that's my question. Why do all these former and even current players be like, why isn't Melo signed? There's a reason. Because these guys. They've been brainwashed. Well, it's not even that. It's that I think, like, Take a look at the guys. Who are the great former players? Who are the great, sorry, who are the great or the good even? Who are standout NBA coaches who are former players? Standout NBA coaches? Standout NBA coaches. And and by the way, standout, I, I just, not, just not bad. Just like, who's a good former player who's a coach? I mean, a little before my time, he was all right, right? Phil Jackson? Sure. Great. I uh, mean, not a great player, but a, and obviously a Hall of Fame coach. Yeah, what are we What are we asking? Do they have to be decent former players? No, no. That's actually my point. Doc Rivers. How many times do you think Doc Rivers was an all-star? How many times do you think Steve Kerr was an all-star? How many times was Phil Jackson an all-star? How many times is, like, it's not those, the, where's the Jason kids? Where's the... You know, all these guys, the guys who had Magic Johnson, it's there's the guys who have the ability to succeed in basketball beyond their physical abilities are the ones that are smart. Okay. Sorry, but I don't give a shit what Paul Pierce thinks about basketball because Paul Pierce is good at playing basketball and he's fucking terrible at understanding it. Terrible at it. It's a, it's a joke how little Paul Pierce knows about basketball. Physically, great at playing it. Congratulations. But the shit that the dude says on TV is an abomination. Kenny Smith. This guy knows his fucking basketball. Kenny Smith's also six feet tall and fucking played in the NBA for fucking 15 years. It's the, it's the guys who stand for Melo are the guys who judge him on his physical talent. There is no doubt about it. Carmelo Anthony, physically gifted and talented enough to have been an NBA Hall of Famer. He's probably going to be an NBA Hall of Famer anyway because the Hall of Fame is kind of a joke. But no doubt about it had the talent. There's, there's never been a question about talent. This has been a question about attitude, heart, hustle, personality, understanding the game. Carmelo Anthony's problem is he thinks he's the best player of all time. He doesn't understand why long twos are fucking antiquated. He doesn't try on defense. He barely hustles. He refuses to play power forward until this season. He 
barely tries on fucking rebounds until this season. He hates his fucking teammates. He shits on coaches' strategies who come up with fucking ways for their team to win despite his reckless style of play. And it's why he got benched in the fourth quarter in Oklahoma. It's why the Houston Rockets decided to pay him to leave. It's why the Knicks were an atrocity when he was on the team. It's why Mike D'Antoni left and then went on to be a coach of the year again somewhere else. It's He's the reason Linsanity ended. Carmel Anthony is a fucking physical freak, and he's a very talented player. But LeBron James mentally runs circles around him. I want you to look up something for me, Aaron. Carmelo Anthony is a better athlete and a more gifted basketball player than Luka Doncic. And Luka is going to win the MVP before he fucking can drink alcohol in the United States of America. Wait, repeat what you just said. Physically, Carmelo Anthony, better at basketball, more gifted than Luka. But look at what Luka does. You watch him and you're like, he's not that fast. How does he get separation? Because he understands it. He's mentally, the, his feel for the game is unmatched at will, his age. I will say. You go, how are you getting, how are you hitting step back threes? You're not that quick. I will say, I agree. Like, I've watched a lot more Luka this year already. I was watching that Pelicans game the other day. Carmelo Anthony doesn't have a step back. He's 15 years in the league. He doesn't take step back jumpers. And I was watching Luca, and you're like, man, how exactly? You're saying, how is he so good? I think that game hit 35, 18 rebounds. His feel for the game is on a level I've never seen at 20 years old. He's so good. He's so good. Like he, like he's right there in the MVP. I know it's only a quarter through the year. I want you. Can you look up for me? If the, I'm sure this has to be somewhere, what Carmelo's win loss record is in the playoffs. And again, it's a team sport. But but that's again, that's my thing. I just don't understand how. All, and again, I want to get. I want to get a couple of these guys on the show. I want to ask them to their face. Why do you guys stand so hard when statistically, dude? Here's the thing. Here's what I've kind of decided now at this point. In in my love of sports, Joe, and our love of sports, what I've decided is the former players, they just want to call people who look at stats stat nerds. But they also use stats to their advantage. Of course they do. So it's like pick a lane. You can't tell me, oh, Carmelo scored this many points in his career. And then I come back, well, his VORP isn't that good. Or his PER isn't that good. Oh, well, those are nerd stats. Well, what is it? Right. His his points matter because they like stats. They just don't like stats when you get when you use the ones that give all the stats context. Yeah, that's the thing, and that's fine. I I don't care. But the bottom line is, the the people that stand for Carmelo are standing on his ability and what he's shown when he has been his most brilliant self. But the thing is, is like. I don't give a fuck if you can score 60 twice a year. What does that do? I give a fuck that you are you, you you're efficient yeah. and that you're a leader. Yeah. Especially in basketball where one player can change everything. The Carmelo Anthony came to the Knicks and didn't change 
anything. You know who I want to talk about? You talk Except about- run out of town, a guy who has gone on to win the coach of the year somewhere else. Well, another guy we've been critical of on this show, and we talk about change, and I, I got to give him some love, who has changed, and that was part of the agreement when he signed, said you got to play this way or you're not going to be on the team. Dwight Howard. So, obviously, I watch a lot of Lakers games. They're 19-3, and right? They're tied with the Bucs for the best record in the NBA. It's not just LeBron. It's not just Anthony Davis. They are playing as a team. And shout out to Frank Vogel for getting them to play well as a team. It's Dwight Howard. It's Alex Caruso. It's all these guys. But Dwight Howard. Hit a three last night, by the way. Oh, I saw it. (laughs) It's amazing. He now has as many as Ben Simmons? Yeah. But real quick, Dwight Howard, he hasn't been a problem. Right. He knows, hey, I'm at the tail of my career. I'm coming in off the bench. I'm going to give good defense. I'm going to get rebounds. I'm going to slam it when LeBron throws me the alley-oop. Dwight Howard is playing great basketball for what he's needed to do. And that's the difference between someone like him and a Carmelo. But let me and, and let me do something I never thought I'd do. Let me give Carmelo Anthony a little bit of credit. He has adjusted his game a little bit on the Blazers. It's the only reason that he hasn't been embarrassing. But at the same time, there's just a style of play that just does not jive with today's NBA that he that what he excels at doing is no longer valuable. That now he has adjusted his game a little bit with the Blazers and he has been better. He's also a joke on defense. It's a joke. He's still a joke. He make, he gives zero effort. He's never been good, and he's never given effort. And it's like, dude, you have to. You don't have to be great, but you got to try. Yeah. You got to try. You got to attempt. And Carmelo Anthony is better for the Blazers than I thought he would be. But it's not good. And the idea that he won player of the week is a special needs kid getting a layup. All right, so I found that playoff stat for Carmelo. In the playoffs, he is 25 and 47. That was Andy, that was Andy dropping the mic. I, I just don't know what else you need. Like, I, 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 and people again. go, oh, what teams was he on? Well, he was on the two-seed Knicks team that lost to the Pacers. Well, he was on uh, a, a, a Nuggets team. That had plenty of talent, but the problem is he was the guy. Carmelo Anthony, not the guy. But but again, I, I want to just sit here and just poke holes in everyone, NBA fans in general's arguments. Because I feel, I could be wrong, but you'd probably agree with me on this. I feel like the Venn diagram of the Mello stan is also the Kobe stan. Because they like the selfish, oh, he gets points. So again, to poke holes in that argument, that same Kobe stan who says, five rings, five rings, five rings. And then I say, well, Carmelo's 25 and 47 in the playoffs. It's a team game. It's a team game. And then I would say back, wait a second. You just talked about Kobe's rings. It's all of it. It's all of it. That's the thing. It's all of it. That's why it's not just about rings and it's not just about stats. It's not just about leadership. Sure. It's about all the things. Yeah. It's about all the things. What did Kobe Bryant do when he didn't have a fucking big guy to run the triangle offense through? Nothing. Yeah. If Kobe Bryant is your single best player and your only player, you're not good. 
You're not good. LeBron James, me, you, Aaron Maharis, and fucking Yoshi will win 25 games in the NBA. We'll win 25 games because LeBron James is that fucking good. Lot. Carmelo Anthony can't be your best player if you're on a champ. If my, you want to win a championship, my mind is racing right now with mental thoughts. Somebody of, put that fucking Photoshop together. Who's who's setting? Like who's shooting threes? Mahar- Nobody. We're all getting embarrassed all the time, and LeBron James is winning 25 games single-handedly in the NBA. <laughs> I still haven't even played Moharis. I think I think we had to. I know. No, no, Moharis, because you have. You just said you're one on one season. Is it one on one season now? Yeah, I, I think uh, it's definitely one on one season. As soon as as soon as my break starts, I think we got to do the basketball challenge as well as the kicking challenge. I, okay, I didn't even hear about the. By the way, I've I've heard I've seen a lot of talk about the kicking challenge, but I don't know what the kicking challenge actually is. And I would like to say right up front, I think kicking is way harder than anybody thinks it is. And I don't think is it twenty kicks. It's twenty. I don't kicks. think anybody's hitting six kicks. Anybody? I don't think anybody's hitting six. I dropped my yeah. I dropped my initial estimate from I had you at nine and I have Ruther at four, and I still think that's no no being dude. Optimistic. You had you were out of control. You would like tug at thirteen, Prano at twelve, me at eight, and I was like, what? What is happening? Yeah, initially I had I had him at twelve, you at seven, <laughs> line at minus five, but then I was thinking no, kicking's kicking's fucking hard. So I was like, I gotta drop that, and I still think my nine and four is optimistic, but I'll, I'm gonna stick with it. So it's a twenty-eight yard field goal. I guess we can go to like Santa Monica High School or a high school by here. 28 yards, so you're at the... 18. Right. So that's l- longer than the old extra point. The old extra point was a 20-yarder, right? It was the three. Snap to the 10. Yeah, I think. What's what's the extra point now? 35, right? No, I think it's 25 or 30. Okay, 30. Well, because 28, the guy, the kid... The guy who missed twenty eight for the what was it the Panthers? That's that's how this all got started. Right, but that's that was shorter than an extra point. So the extra point's thirty yards, I believe. Um, but I I used to kick. I didn't. I wasn't our kicker, but like we, I've been on multiple football teams where we were like, we got to find a guy to just kick extra points. No, 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 from the three, snap to the ten. I know it's not easy. It's not easy. I know. I never said it was easy. That's why I set mine low. Tug was very arrogant. Tuck was talking about like making like 65-70%. Good luck. I haven't seen him wear anything but Vans ever. <laughs> is, he kick, is he kicking in lace-up Vans? He's kicking, he's kicking field goals on boat shoes? Yeah, I, I'm not saying it's easy. Tug out there in a khakis and a polo shirt kicking field goals. He's like, hold my kid. I'm going to make 70% of my field goals. Ruther, hold my other kid. <laughs> We'll do it before Christmas. I think we have to do it just to see and show how difficult it is. Okay, let's get to the NFL week picks. Before we do that, it is championship weekend for college football. Uh, I don't like any of these games, really, to be honest. <clears throat> you don't like any of them? Just like from a viewing standpoint. Uh, as usual, I've, I've watched way too much. I always say I'm not going to watch as much college football. I always end up watching a lot of it. So of the Power 5 conferences, we have um, a lot of big points, Brett. Well, okay, now, as we go through these games, tell me, do they have, like, playoff? App, like, wh- yeah. which one of these have any matter in the playoffs? Most of them. Okay. 
But like Oregon, Utah, Utah is sitting right outside right now. So if they win, Utah could potentially get in. They could potentially get in. Okay. That's Friday night. Oregon not in playoff contention. No, because they have two losses. Yeah. But but you have some rematches too, which I, I just don't like that as much. Like Baylor, Oklahoma already played. That was that game where Baylor had a yeah. uh yeah. was it a twenty eight to three lead? Yeah. And uh they lost. Wisconsin got absolutely beat down by Ohio State earlier. That's a rematch. Georgia so, LSU, you, you don't you don't give Georgia any shot. I mean that's you know, it's a six and a half spread. Seems low for a college football game. I know. I just, I like. You don't see a lot of like three point NFL style spreads no, in college football. You don't. Here, here's the thing about LSU. I feel like six and a half is the three point college spread. Here's the thing about LSU. They have a great offense. Their defense is suspect, which is kind of rare for an LSU team. Normally they, they live on their defense. Um, I just, I, I don't trust Georgia enough though. But I mean, look at some of these spreads, dude. Yeah. For, this is the ACC championship. Clemson is 28.5 point favorites against Virginia. One of Tug's schools. Yeah. Two two of Tug's schools making just this championship weekend. Oklahoma and Virginia. Oh, and Baylor. Three of them. Tug's a Baylor guy, too? I don't know. I think I feel like he is. I think he lived in Wisconsin for three weeks. Yeah. So, so, so he's also a... Uh, I think he's a Baylor fan because he wakes up in the morning and waking up sounds like Waco. So he's in. I'm in. Give me the bears. Yeah. He's, all, he's like, also, I've seen a bear once. So, Baylor. I just think, like, Ohio State, to me. My son has a teddy bear. I'm a Baylor fan. <laughs> I think whoever gets that four seed, whether it's Oklahoma or Utah or Georgia, if they have to play Ohio State, they will, Ohio State's one. they will get their shit pushed in. Ohio State is stacked, dude. Absolutely stacked. Like, Urban Meyer leaving has not affected a thing. Uh, does Ohio State win the national championship? I won't go that far. Okay. I don't I, know. I hate Ohio State, so I was hoping you would go that far just to curse them. I mean, it'd be nice to see Burrow. Let me let me ask you something. Let me ask you something about Burrow. Do you think Burrow could pull a uh, an Eli or Elway? And what? I, I was refused having, to go to the Bengals. Yeah, I was having this discussion with my brother. Could he? Should he? And will he? Are three? Te- Could he? Yes. Should he? Absolutely. Will he? Isn't he from Ohio? Yeah, I think so. So, unless he's self-hating Ohioan, which I haven't met a lot of, I Ohio stands are like Carmelo stands. There's absolutely no reason for it, but they have. They're so passionate. Um. So. He probably won't. He should. Oh, you want to play for the Bengals? I guess you're from Ohio. You're a Tiger in college. You're going to be a Tiger in... Uh, who knows what's going through his mind. It's just... It's 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 a sad situation. Yeah. I'll take Utah, Oklahoma, LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson. <laughs> I mean, seriously, right? Well, who do you guys have for the national championship then? If you guys are willing, or if you're if you're ready to make make a prediction, I'll go LSU just because for my boy. Man, can you imagine a coach O calling to the show if LSU won a title? There'd be a lot of talk of sucking Gators' dicks. Alabama's done. 
Yeah. Right? Because they lost again. Two losses. Yeah. This is actually the first year ever where Alabama will... They introduced the college playoffs in 2014 where they're not going to make it. I love seeing things like, Alabama's dynasty is over. I'm like, did he make the playoffs one year? Yeah. What about Fresno State? What do you, what do you guys got going on, Moharis? Dude, we fucking suck. We had a good year last year, but we suck this year. Um, I know you were prepared to go Ohio State, but I'm I'm full on board the uh, Ohio State train winning it this year. They're pretty stacked. I just feel like you never know what happens in those games, though. Let's get to our Week 14 NFL picks. I am very stoked about this. Joe, we got to just really address how you're getting your shit pushed in by me. I mean, this is a... This is a bloodbath, buddy. I hate to say it. You are getting destroyed. Well, I'm down 10, right? Yeah, but I mean, I've been up since week three. You're down 10 points. Yeah. You're not gaining any ground. Like, at, at what point are you just going to have to just pick opposite of me? There's, there's uh, only four weeks left. Yeah, I mean, before, so four weeks at the, you know, if I outscore you by three a week going forward, I win by two. So I've got to. You know, I've got to make up. I'd like to pick up three games this week. That's my strategy. Well, I got to redo the L chain and get it nice and looking shiny and polished up for you. I, you look, man. You now it's official. You've made you made the claim on Twitter yesterday, and now you're making the claim that it's it's going to me. It's, so it's going to you. We finally have, we finally have Ruther cursing Ruther. So now no. this is where you're, when do I make it up? Starts today. You know, and if you're a listener, you guys, you should start listening to my picks. I dominated Prano last year in Pick'em. I'm dominating him this year. Maybe all... Although, I mean, so... But what you're saying is they should listen to your picks for what? Not to gamble. You're still not making money out here. So don't listen to either of us is the answer. Who should they listen to? They should listen to PTP picks. GTP picks. (laughs) GTP picks. I always there's so many P's in it. I always want to say PTP picks. We officially. I always want to go PT player like Dick Vitale. We officially lost GTP picks. No, we didn't. As a sponsor, I'm kidding, guys. Joe is right. GTP. Joe, Joe is right. You know why he's right? Because uh, we're just making guesses. GTP picks actually uses real time statistics and analytics to give their clients an edge over the sports books. They offer exclusive sports betting plays for all major sports, not just football, and they've been profitable year after year. The best part is they, at GTP Picks, have a Black Friday deal that is still currently going on. They were like, yo, Black Friday, we're going to just extend that for a whole week. Dirtballs, take advantage of this great deal. For just $99.99. Dirtballs get access to GTP's all-sports package through the end of 2019. So that's for the rest of the year. This package includes plays from NFL, NBA, college football, college basketball, NHL, and EPL. Yeah, a little soccer in there. The retail value of this package is $250, and you get it for just $99.99. So go visit gtppicks.com to unlock the exclusive Black Friday deal and bet with the best. If you like making money while watching sports, investing with GTP Picks is a no-brainer. Once again, that's gtppicks.com. 
Okay, Joe, let's mow through these. And I know Tug asked, and since you mentioned it, what people also should be listening to in terms of GTP picks. Tug was like, how's Joe's picks doing on Instagram? And the answer is not good. I haven't won a lot, but I have done some, because he asked, I, I did some deep research and I went back and worked all of my picks. And here's a fun fact for you. If you've bet all Joe Prano's picks this year on Instagram, you have lost money. If you have bet only Joe Prano money lines, you're up and you're up actually a good chunk of money. So at this point, I'm just sticking with Joey No Chill's money line picks of the week. From here on out, it's only all money lines all the time. There might not be three, but there'll just be confident money lines every week. All righty. We start with the Cowboys traveling to Chicago to face the Bears. Tonight's game, the boys. How do you feel about your Cowboys Super Bowl pick at this point? I do not feel good at all. No. In fact... Uh, are you are you are you prepared to say that they will not win the Super Bowl? <laughs> I said they would make it. Okay. I'm not prepared to fully say that. You're I'm not pre- prepared to fully say the Cowboys will not make the Super Bowl. I am prepared. Can you imagine if the Cowboys are the first team to make the Super Bowl with a losing record? That would be that would be some well, shit. Well, they're not going to have a losing record. Are you sure? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I'll give the Cowboys a three percent chance of making the Super Bowl. Uh, and I will give them a big chance of winning tonight's game in Chicago. I will say the Dallas Cowboys, even with Jerry Jones as their owner, will win and cover tonight. And I'm uh, not doing this just to go against Andy Ruther, although it is helpful that I'm doing it. I will take the, ba- the Bears to uh, at least cover in this game. Cowboys aren't good. Bears aren't good either, but at least the Bears lo- have looked okay recently. Cowboys have not looked okay recently. Cowboys have looked bad nfc it's it's what's making me most sad about the state of the new york giants is we're out of it in week 14 and every team in the division fucking sucks redskins are not officially eliminated from playoff contention yet i know that's a joke yeah all right the battle of ohio oh yeah this one hits home for me i'm wearing my 513 shirt today my reds hat it really hits home for me the Bengals travel to Cleveland, where they are seven and a half point underdogs, coming off their first win of the season against the Jets in front of a capacity crowd of fourteen people at Paul Brown Stadium. I am going to ride that Bengals train and say they cover the spread. It's a rivalry game. I know it's two teams that don't really matter. I think the Bengals keep it close. Yeah, I mean, I think the, Andy Dalton's got something to prove. Uh, Andy Dalton wants to prove that he could come in and be your your Ryan Tannehill on a good team. Twerks, let me ask you something. Since the Titans are, do do you believe Andy Dalton could be doing what Ryan Han- Tannehill is doing for the Tennessee Titans? I think it's kind of a wash. I would I would see more interceptions if Dalton was in there, like more turnovers that could be costly. So I don't know if they have as many uh, wins. Um, but you're basing this again on Andy Dalton's history with the Bengals. Well, just more of like his, his style of play. I mean, yeah. I, f- I feel well, Ryan like Ryan Tannehill wasn't exactly a n- not turning the ball over guy in Miami. I'd agree with Twerks though. I, I think Andy Dalton's more injury prone, and or, I'm sorry, more turnover prone. And let's not forget the talent that Andy Dalton had. Yeah, we have seen him with wildly stacked offenses. The guy can't win 
a game when it matters. And we don't know about Ryan Tannehill because I don't. Ryan Tannehill probably hasn't. Has Ryan Tannehill's probably never played in a playoff game? Uh, I don't believe so. They made the playoffs that one year when, when, when Moore he was hurt. when right. Moore was their quarterback. So you're going Bengals as well. I'm going Bengals as well. Yeah. Okay. All right, Ravens-Bills, get ready, everybody. Get ready for your Andy Ruther upset pick of the week. The Buffalo Bills. They have, they're winning me over. I like what they're doing. Defensively, they are stacked. Josh Allen is playing well. He's got a beautiful girlfriend, a beautiful girlfriend's mom, who I – yeah, yeah. Aaron, Aaron knows her. This is so funny. You saw how this all played out on social media, right? Yeah, this is so weird for me because I'm friends with his girlfriend. We went to school together uh, like our entire life. Um, and we're like, you know, in the Greek system, you have like family and stuff like yeah. that. She's part of my like Greek system family and what's, stuff. What's his girlfriend's name? Josh Allen's girlfriend's name? Uh, her name's Brittany. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys saw this play out on Thanksgiving. They, they panned to the crowd and I thought it was Josh Allen's mom, but it's his girlfriend Brittany's mom. And I put that on social media. And then they responded, or she ended up responding, like, dude, that's my mom. And I, I was, then I thought it was the sister. I couldn't figure out. I was Googling during the Thanksgiving game, who is this? But regardless, they got good genes in that family, good-looking people. I think the Bills win. They are five-and-a-half-point underdogs. I know the Ravens are playing better than any team in the NFL right now. And I know Lamar Jackson is currently the MVP. I don't care. I think this is a game that they stumble. I'm going with the Bills. And and to be honest, I'm a little offended that there are five and a half dogs at home. No respect. Um, cool story. I'm taking the Ravens. I'm done betting against the Ravens. Uh, I actually do like the Bills, too. I think Josh Allen has looked great. I think that he's certainly their quarterback of the future. He's proven that. Um, I, I like the way the Bills have built their team around him. Um, I like the style of play they're playing. But also, you know, we talk about, oh, the Bills defense, the Bills defense, the Bills defense. We were doing that with the Patriots all year, too, right up until Lamar Jackson went in there and fucking ran all over them. Um, I think that the Ravens are hot, and I think that the Ravens got a test last week where Lamar Jackson didn't play his best game, and they still managed to pull out a win, and now I think that they come out and they just... Look, I, I think everybody is riding high on this Bills train, and I think that the Bills are a playoff team, and I think that that's great, and they're certainly building something, but uh, I'm going to take the Ravens to cover. No way. No way, Jose. It's your name, right? Yeah. In Spanish, I guess. Yeah. See what I did there? Panthers-Falcons. Okay. No one cares about this game. Falcons are three-point favorites in Atlanta. Hopefully Matt Ryan is still alive because <laughs> that stiff arm that he received on Thanksgiving was one of the favorite moments I've ever seen watching a football game. Not only does he throw an interception to a D lineman, he shoves him to the ground. I see Prano over there is looking at a Ryan Tannehill. I, well, here's what, here's what I just want to bring this up since I, I just I always like to give perspective and context, and I think this is what people love to do all the time, and they love to say, "Oh, look at how good Ryan Tannehill's playing, and look at how good." And when you when you look at it, okay, and through six seasons, which is Ryan Tannehill's been in so far, seven seasons, but. 
through their first. Uh, this would be 93 games for Hold Dalton on. and 96 games for Tannehill. Let me let me guess. Yeah, I bet Andy Dalton's numbers are way better. He's had way better players. No, no, they're not. They're not through 96 and 93 games. 93 for Dalton and 96 for Tannehill. So this is the start of his career. Completion percentage: Dalton 62.7, Tannehill 63.4. TDs, Dalton's 142, Tannehill 135. Rating, Dalton 89.1, Tannehill 88.6. Interceptions, Dalton 81, Ryan Tannehill 79. Sacks, Dalton 181, and obviously Tannehill on the Dolphins 272. Yards per attempt, 7.3 to 7.1. It's like, I mean, it's a fucking Spider-Man meme. That's, that's what we're looking at here. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me Yeah, at all. But fuck Andy Dalton, right? Uh, look, fuck Andy <laughs> Dalton. Yeah, like I, I'm, I, I don't believe I, I believe that Andy Dalton could be on this Tennessee Titans team and be five and one, and I believe that Andy Dalton on this Tennessee Titans team gives me no confidence that they can beat four consecutive real playoff teams to get to or by any means win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm not saying that Dalton couldn't because because we've sh- seen Dalton start super hot with the Bengals. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We've seen it. Yeah. Just want to put everything into perspective for some people, for the for the guys out there who are like, "Prano, suck my dick if you think the fucking Titans would want Philip Rivers over Goat Tannehill right now." Well, would you want him over Andy Dalton? Moving forward, for one season next year, Philip Rivers or Andy Dalton? Who you got? Philip Rivers, every hundred percent of the fucking population, but Tannehill, get the fuck out of here! Not you, not Goat Tannehill. Perspective's important. I would take Dalton over Rivers. You would? Yeah. For, for any- one season next year? Yeah. Jesus Christ, Aaron. I would take Dalton over Rivers. Aaron, Aaron. I would. What? If you, I think if you put Andy Dalton on that Chargers team, they'd have more wins than uh, they do right now with Phillip Rivers. <laughs> have you seen, have you, have you been watching the Chargers games this year? I watched every game. Rivers has cost them like, the majority of their games. I don't I don't think Dalton makes that many fuck ups like Rivers does. Especially this season. I mean this season is is all time <laughs> bad. All time bad Philip Rivers. Dude, I don't think you've watched Andy Dalton. Well, he hasn't played that much this year. I'm not talking about this year. I'm talking his That's whole right. he career. Got be- he got benched for who did he, he got bench for? for Ryan Finley. I mean, I know Andy Dalton's had his his problems. I'm just saying where they're at, I mean, just it's not, and that's just because that's just how bad Philip Rivers Dude, has you, been this year. That's you, what it is. You it's, said you think the Chargers have more wins with Andy Dalton over Philip Rivers. Like see him say that to Merriman. I mean, that's just how bad he's been this year. Have you seen him? Merriman just pulled up, actually. Yeah, yeah. Good luck. You're going to die. But <laughs> <laughs> fucking twerks lights out. Yeah, he's going to do that lights out dance all over your face, bro. That's That's, I'll be honest. Maybe your worst take of all time. <laughs> Rivers has been bad. That's just, yeah, that's Rivers just, that's just what the, it is. Also the, also, the Chargers have been bad, and Rivers has tried to make a bad Chargers team he's better, and he's forcing it, and it hasn't worked. And I like. And I'm not saying that Andy Dahl wouldn't force the ball, or I think Andy Dahl will force the ball too, but to say that they – the Chargers are pretty wild. There was I don't know if it was the ringer. Somebody did an article – how they lose games? Yeah, was it the Ringer? I don't know. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't just this year. Yeah, 
they, they did like a deep. It was the ringer. I'm pretty sure they did a deep dive on Philip Rivers since he entered the league. It didn't matter whether it was under Marty Schottenheimer, Norv Turner, you know Anthony Lynn, who who you know who was the one coach McCoy, right? Every coach he's had, the Chargers are like always in games and they lose. Yeah. But I but I'll be honest, Aaron. Like that that one stung a little. <laughs> I've I've witnessed firsthand. Ironically, against the Chargers in Andy Dalton playoff game, when the Bengals had a seven to three halftime lead in cold, rainy January Cincinnati, like thirty degrees out, miserable weather. I mean, if you look at Rivers last year versus this year, like he had twelve picks last year, he's got fifteen picks this year. He's been bad this year turning the ball over, but. All in all, I mean, I know we have, we have a couple more weeks in the season, but that really the difference is he had 32 touchdowns last year to 12 picks, and he has 17 this year. It's like the he's forcing the ball, but the Chargers are also bad, and that's why you know it, it's all about context of of the, the the situation that they're playing in. And and maybe I haven't watched enough Andy Dalton to where I should. Uh, no, don't. So I don't feel like <laughs> as negatively towards Dalton as as I should. Um, but this is solely based on like I mean, when the game's on the line, it's Rivers just completely crumbles. Like he but, makes but the worst decisions I've ever seen. But that's just this year. That, that, that's that's what Andy Dalton's known for too, dude. I know, but Rivers, you know. No, he, no, I don't think you realize. You can start googling this shit. Andy Dalton's like never won a Monday Night Football game. His record in prime time is one of the worst ever. He's zero and five in the playoffs. Like Andy Dalton is notorious. And if you were Andy one of one, you could show his stats versus Peyton Manning through five seasons. They're identical. Because that's fucking context. All right, let's get through these games. We got to wrap up this show. Yeah, let's do it. Um, Panthers, Falcons, Joe. Who do you got? I got the Falcons. Uh, I just think that they're like playing to, I don't know, maybe save Quinn's job or something, and that they've been playing better. And they were in the game last week against the Saints. They were sort of in. I mean, they, it, it came down to a final possession. They they recovered a couple onside kicks to make it closer than it really should have been. But uh, the Panthers just haven't been good. Panthers also are the new Falcons for me. They've burned me every which way I fucking take them. So, uh, but I'm gonna take the Falcons because they're at home. But do the Panthers play with a renewed vigor with a new coach? R.I.P. Riverboat Ron. Yeah, uh, Ron Rivera to me overrated. I think a lot of people like him as a coach, and he seems like an okay guy, but just. Like, they have had opportunities to win. He hasn't been that good. And people are acting like this is some sort of, you know, atrocity that the guy was fired. Um, I don't hate it. I, I, don't, I, I don't think he was bad, though. I mean, look, look he won three. I mean, who is, their, who is their interim head coach? Uh, it's the uh, defensive back coach. I forget his name. Is it Perry Fuel? Yeah. Former, who, former for, Giants. Former Giants coach. And complete boob. I'm going to take the Atlanta Falcons. All right, I'm going to go Falcons as well. All right, Redskins, Packers, 12.5-point Packers, faves in Lambeau. It's a big spread. The Redskins keep burning me. They keep covering. Yeah. It's a big spread. Packers looked good last week against your Giants. I'm going Packers. I'm going to take the Packers as well. It is a big spread, and it screams uh, Redskins cover, but the fact that it's in Green Bay and also the fact that people are talking about the Redskins are not officially eliminated, I think they get eliminated in glorious fashion. This week. They yeah. blowed the fuck out. Now, a team that's done good for me recently, the, the Broncos, are nine-point dogs headed to 
Houston. Texans coming off a big win. They absolutely destroyed the Patriots. They're nine-point favorites. I'm just not going to bet against them at this point. I'm going Broncos to cover. Uh, I'm going to take the Texans just to go against you and also because the Broncos have been – I was the one who brought it up. The Broncos play pretty much every game close. But I feel like the Texans want to make a statement that they are contenders. Even though with Bill O'Brien, I don't think they are. I think that they're going to do something late in the season where people are going to be like, watch out for that Texans team come playoff time, and I'm going to bet my house against them in pretty much any playoff matchup with few exceptions. Although I guess there's a chance that they could play certain teams that I'd pick them in. But I'll bet against them in the second round of the playoffs. Oh. Focusing against everybody. We got a lot of different picks this week so far. We're not even we're not even halfway through. I love it. This I could officially put that nail in the coffin, Prano. Lions, Vikings. Vikings had a tough loss. They had a great comeback against the Seahawks, but they fell short. Twelve and a half point favorites at home against the Lions. Um, I don't even know who's playing quarterback at this point. Is it Blow? Is it the same guy? Matt Blow? Vikings are 12 and a half. Well, what's the situation with Dalvin Cook? Out? Playing? Uh, yeah, when I last checked, it said he was playing. He had like a, he got like hit hard. He had that shoulder injury, but he told reporters he's definitely playing this week. I'll check his status right now. Uh, the Lions quarterback is David Blow, David Bluff. I don't know how to pronounce that. Pablao. Pablao. <laughs> yeah. David Blau. David Blau. Uh Torture, motherfucker. I'm going Vikings. I'm going Vikings as well. I think the Vikings coming off a loss have to get back on track, and I think they do it against a backup. All right, 49ers, Saints. Ooh, good one here. Who do we got in this game? Serious playoff impl- implications here. Yeah, both teams are at ten and two. Well, let me start. I think that the uh, I think the Saints have just looked so goddamn good that they're they're due for a, a a gut check. I think the Niners coming off that loss that they need this win to stay in the NFC West hunt. I think the Niners might win this game, so I'm going to take them to cover. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I mean, the Niners lose this. They end the season in Seattle. They're they're already they've already lost to Seattle. Yeah, I just think that game in Seattle that ends the year is going to come down to the NFC West Championship, and I think that the way that that does that is that the Niners have to win, you know, basically win out till they get there. And I think it's just all dialed up for that to happen. And I don't nec- uh, like I don't have a ton of confidence in the 49ers picking this game. I do a confidence pool, and I pick the Niners to win, but I think I put like two or three points on them. Um, but I do like their chances and I just think the saints, uh, I think the saints are one of the class teams in the league right now, but I just don't, I I actually don't even know if it's in their benefit for them to win out. Like, I think, I think you need that gut check game and I think that they're going to get one. I think all good teams get one at some point and I think they get it here against the Niners. I'm going to disagree though. Now that I've thought about it, I like new Orleans to win and cover. And I think the the Niners might fall about finish the season about twelve and four. All right, Dolphins Jets. The Jets are a five and a half point favorite at home. I'm going Fitz Magic, baby. Fitz Revenge Game. 
Kyle Aronofsky, shout out to Kyle, came out to a show I did at the Mayo Performing Arts Center in Jersey, as well as multiple other dirt balls. Uh, so many names, but the two guys, two of the guys who we met in Cincinnati who came up from D.C., the D.C. dirt ball crowd that came to Cincinnati, they came out. Uh, I, I believe I want to say one of those guys' names is John and something else. Shout out to those dudes who came out. Uh, Austin O'Neill came out. Uh, Dan Dole came out. Uh, Austin's buddy from Philly area, Scott, I believe is his name, came out. Um, so shout out to all the crew that came out to the Performing Arts Center. But Kyle Aronofsky, uh, Tom's River Zone, sh showed me the spot on his leg where he'll have to get uh, Fitzpatrick tattooed on him if a Jets quarterback doesn't win 10 games in the next six seasons. So you're going Fitz. I'm going Fitz Revenge Game. All right, this game, oh, this is a great one. The Jameis one of one versus the Brisket one of one. The Bucks are three point favorites at home against the Colts. You know I can't go against Jacoby Brissett. I'm going Colts, baby. Going Colts, huh? Now let me ask you something. I'm going to go Colts here uh, to cover as well. This line has uh, gone up. I was I was liking Bucks minus two, Bucks minus two and a half, three. I'm like, I'm not sure I feel about that. The the public being all on the Bucks scares me. You know I hate riding Jameis. But, like, do you think the Colts win this game? Yes. You think the Colts win this game? I do. Okay. I I actually huh? think that the Colts are going to have a hard time keeping up with the Jameis. Like, with the – I think the Bucks score a lot of points. They do, and, but and I think – I don't think the Colts can keep up with it, but I think it is going to be a close game. Let me get my crystal ball. Uh, I'm predicting something. I'm, I'm going to take the Colts as well, but I don't think the Colts win this game. I am predicting a Jameis Winston turnover – which leads to a touchdown, either a fumble or a pick six. And I think that will be the difference in that game. And I posted this on Dirty Sports Twitter, and I'm assuming you saw, looks like Bruce Arians might be turning the leaf a little. Uh, yeah, and I think, I, I, I don't want to say you're welcome, Bucks fans, but I mean, I think we put a lot of pressure on Bruce Arians as a podcast. <laughs> I think... I, th I think not a lot of people are talking about Bruce Aaron's press conferences. But we I, are. But we are. And we are the sole, you know, Jameis. Truthers. Jason Light, Bruce Arians, truthers. Um, they have put it out there that Bruce Arians is there, was brought in to fix Jameis. And that's fine. And they're, they've been open about it. But what they're not, what they haven't been open about is how much of the Jason Light, Jameis, Bruce Arians trifecta, three-headed monster, it, why this conspiracy, why they feel the need that they have to protect him. And now we have started talking, and Bruce Arians is basically going, okay, I'm caught. Whether he believes it or not, he has to publicly step back from Jameis because we have we have exposed him. Um, and... I'm excited about it, and and good for Bruce Arians, whatever the reason is, for stepping back from a guy who hasn't won you a lot of football games, who's been a turnover fucking machine, and who well, well let's sh we, should not be the quarterback of the Bucks going forward. We didn't even say what he said, because I'm sure nobody saw it, because nobody cares about the Bucks. Bruce Arians was asked yesterday in a post-practice press conference if Jameis will be the quarterback beyond 2019. He didn't want to answer it, but he also said, they haven't made any decisions. Right. Where in the past, he was saying, Jameis is our guy, and then he said, Jameis makes a lot of great plays and a lot of bad plays, yeah. which we've said all year. Yeah. It's feast or famine. Yeah, and also, he's due for a contract, so that's a big thing. 
Yeah. There are lunatics out there who think Jameis Winston is a Hall of Famer who could demand all kinds of money. If you're the kind of person that was like, oh, Jared Goff deserved this money. Dak Prescott deserves this money. Everybody who's on the Dak Prescott should get $40 million after three weeks in the season. If you think Jameis Winston should get $30 million to play quarterback, you should absolutely, positively find a way to make it so that blood stops pumping hard to your brain. And by that, I mean kill yourself. Um, I'll tell you what. I can't wait to see where Jameis is in three years. What do they say? What's the saying about revenge? The XFL. And he's their poster boy. What's he, what's he say about revenge? The, the, the dish best served cold? I mean, guys, obviously you're, you're aware of what has happened with us this year. Can you imagine writing a 400-page book about somebody that won't be in the NFL in five years? Or as a backup? Yeah. I mean, make sure you also buy his copy, Josh Freeman, one of one. (laughs) From one sad scene to another sad scene, Joe, the Chargers travel to Jacksonville. Although Minshew Mania, it's back. Now, before we move on to that, can we talk? I know we've we've taken our shots at... uh, We've taken our shots at Jameis. We both took the Colts in this game. Uh, are you still on the Colts are going to the playoffs and are going to win a playoff game like they did with Andrew Luck last year? Because there was one point where you are like, that, I mean, at this point, what are we talking about? If they do that, they're just as successful as they were with Andrew Luck. I did say that. They would be just as successful. Uh, I, obviously, my confidence is it's been taking some holes. It's been taking some body shots. Colts have not looked well. Have not played it together as a team. Um, Brissett has had a few bad games. He needs to step it up for sure. If you had, uh, a, well, I guess, I guess, if my you had a gun is, to my are, head, are the Colts making the playoffs? If you had a gun to my head right now, I would say no. Gun How about my, no gun to your head? How about just casual question? <laughs> Colts make the playoffs? Uh no. Okay. Colts finish with what record? Eight and eight. So not really embarrassing if you predicted them to win six or seven games. You're just trying to cover yourself. No. It's, you know, that wouldn't be bad. That wouldn't be bad if they won eight games. If they had 500. All right. Minshew. going to win 13 games. You're going to have to suck a dude's dick. Minshew is back. Minshew mania. The Jags have a problem, though. Now, you sent me. Did you send me the article? You sent me the Nick Foles article? Who sent me the Nick Foles article? You sent it, didn't you? It's on the rundown. Oh, it's on the rundown. Okay. So now we got to do these two back-to-back because it's Colts, and now we're going to the Jags game. As far as what? The article basically says that Nick Foles, that the Colts should trade for Nick Foles. Oh, yeah. Well, the article was interesting. Let me... Uh... Well, the article that you sent me essentially describes why with the Colts salary cap situation and the Jags wanting to relieve themselves of this Nick Foles contract should be the team that trades for him. And uh, remarkably, what the article doesn't go into, and you should definitely tell people where this article came from and so that they can read it themselves, um, because I don't want to break down the salary cap situation for everybody here. It's but, from For the Win USA Today. But what the article doesn't mention, and I don't know how somebody writes a Nick Foles to the Colts 
article without mentioning he won the Super Bowl with Frank Reich. <laughs> Doesn't even talk about that. Well, this is what it says. So, if anybody doesn't follow this, Nick Foles is guaranteed $15.1 million next year in a, in a base salary. He gets an additional $5 million if he's on the roster. But if they cut him, they still... like. Look, I'm not going to get into all the financial right. stuff. Read the article. It's for the win, USA Today. And it says why basically nobody in football should want Nick Foles in his contract except the Colts because they need to spend money and yes. they're they're just gonna they're just gonna have salary cap money that is just sitting there unused. It's an interesting and article. That they should use it on Nick Foles because they can acquire draft picks in taking on his contract. They could also acquire draft picks. So and the, also, but again, it doesn't mention the fact that Frank Reich won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. So if the if the Jags cut Nick Foles, they have to eat thirty three point eight million dollars. That's all the dead money. But basically, the article, again, it's USA Today for the win. It's a good article. What it's saying is it's kind of similar to what the Browns, it's Moneyball, what the Browns did with Brock Osweiler. Remember when they traded for Brock Osweiler and everybody yeah. made fun of him? Yeah. But they turned they that, him. they turned that into, they got a second round pick from the Texans and then they cut him. Yeah. And if you're sitting there going, but like, look, Josie Brissett, look at what he's done this year as compared to what Nick Foles has done this year. Remember, context matters. Two two years ago, Jacoby Brissett went, what, two and thir- two and 14, three and 13, and looked awful. And I think four and 11. And Nick Foles was winning Super Bowls. So, again, context matters, being on good teams versus being on bad teams. Yeah. And we were both calling for the Philadelphia Eagles to keep Nick Foles. What we should have been calling for is the Philadelphia Eagles to keep Frank Reich because it doesn't seem to matter who the fuck Philadelphia Eagles keep at quarterback. All those people look bad with fucking old old empty visor over there, Doug Peterson, now that his offensive mastermind is gone. Well, the Chargers are a debacle too, but for different reasons. Look, I think I... they don't have Andy Dalton at quarterback, according to Twerks. <laughs> Unreal take. I have to share with the listeners, Joe, what's happening with this Chargers party. Yeah. I mean, this is wild. So I get an email. As you guys know, I've discussed getting season tickets for this for the God, I almost said San Diego Chargers. For the LA Chargers. So I get an email with my contact at the Chargers. He's a nice guy. And he said, Hey, we're doing a VIP watch party Sunday for the Jags game. Basically, I'll give them this. This is smart for the Chargers. They're trying to butter up people like me. who. And it's happening at the new stadium? No, no, no. It's happening. They have like a... In Playa, so close by here. In Playa del Rey, they have like an office or like a big center where people can go for Chargers tickets. So he sends me an email this week and he says, "We're we're doing a big party for the Jags game. You know, free food, free booze. You can also... We can set up... For you to see the seats of SoFi Stadium, that's a new stadium, all this stuff. So he says in the email for the Jags game, December 18th. So I screenshot it and I sent it to Prano and Tug and I say, look, dude, we can go to this. It'd be kind of fun and we can maybe then get season tickets and kind of see. So I sent it to Prano and Tug. Prano writes me back, dude, December 18th is a Wednesday. The game is December 8th. And I'm like, oh my God. So I write the dude back. I wrote, you have the wrong date. And he's like, wow, okay, yeah, this is not good. So I'm thinking, this is not a good look. You're sending out the wrong date. And then it gets worse. Because I was like, I'd like to go just to see what kind of debacle this is. Yeah. But then I didn't realize it was this weekend. Yeah, so it's this weekend. 
So that happens on Monday. And then I get an email. But I still, at that point, I had, st- I had already RSVP'd. Like, you have to put your name down. And he goes, are you bringing any friends? Like, I put, the, I put actually, Aaron, I put your name down too. I just put down people's names who might want to go before I knew it was this Sunday. So then I get an, a, an email back from LA Chargers, SoFi Stadium, the next day. You're, convert, you're confirmed for our VIP watch party November 18th against the Jaguars. And it's like, dude, you didn't have the wrong month. You had the wrong number. So this is a different email. Did you reply, you've got the wrong month? Yeah. And the wrong day now? Because the 18th is still a Wednesday. I wrote back. <laughs> and November 18th. Well, I, I got to tell you, I, let me say one thing about the Los Angeles Chargers. If they put you in a time machine and take you back to November, I'm getting season tickets. Yeah. Like if they have time travel ability to you know go back to November 18th. You know what November 18th was? That was the Monday Night Football game against the Chiefs in Mexico. Yeah. So they're now, and I, and I wrote her back. That was a different person the Chargers. I wrote, you're sending out a mass email to God knows how many people saying you're confirmed for a November 18th Chargers-Jags game. And if they just, even if they can do the math in their head and go, they mean December, the 18th is still a Wednesday. Yeah. It's unbelievable. This is why I said to you, hey, I know you're thinking about getting Chargers season, but you're basically signing up to give money over to what has been a debacle of a franchise that has mismanaged their exit from San Diego. Now they're mismanaging dates, times, Emails. I'm just saying you're you're kind of signing up to tie yourself to a team that is a debacle. Where I'm like over here going Raiders. Yeah, but here's here's my take, Joe. I'm gonna show up to wherever I can't. I probably can't make this viewing party. But it's I, on a Sunday now. It turns out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and I actually one of my college buddies is coming in town Sunday. But I think I think I have a move here. We tell the Chargers, hey, man, we'll get season tickets. Make them the official team of Dirty Sports. We want full access to the stadium and players. Wow. That's a hot take. What do you think about that Andy Ruther power play? Yeah. Good, I luck. Want, good luck with that. I want full access to Phillip Rivers' bolo ties. And then I want to bring in Phillip Rivers to the Smut Studio and have Aaron say to his face that Andy Dalton is better. <laughs> <laughs> how, how does that make you feel, Twerks? I think it'll be fun. Uh, I just need a clarify something though i didn't say andy dalton is better i said andy dalton on Wins the chargers more games this year on this chargers would team. win more games uh this season for the chargers still a terrible take he's on a team they've won less games and he got benched That's because yeah, the Bengals they don't know what the fuck they're doing so <laughs> all right let's get through jesus christ let's get through these picks who do we have in this game though i'm taking andy dalton and the chargers to win and cover i mean sorry philip fudge and rivers and the chargers to win and cover Minshew mania, that died. That was mean. That's that shorter than Linsanity. I'll take Chargers too. I don't want to go against them. You know, I'm gonna have season tickets next year, so gotta go. Gotta go with the Chargers. All right, Chiefs Pats. Fun game we have here. The Pats are three point favorite. Joe, what do you got? Uh, I'm taking the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs win this game. I Pat's Pat's can't keep Pat, Pat's offense is not looking good at all. Uh, I think that the Pats have struggled to beat teams where the offenses are pretty good because they struggle to score a lot of points. I think the Chiefs, even on their worst days, are going to put up you know twenty five to twenty eight yeah. points. 
I'm going to take the Chiefs. I agree. I was thinking that all week. I'm like, I'm taking the Chiefs, even though it's in Foxborough. And if you're a if you're a Patriots fan, you need Antonio Brown. You need Josh Gordon. Why do they let those guys go? Oh, they got Sanu. Sanu's doing nothing for them. Just saying. Sign Antonio Brown. I do not want to shove that L chain up my ass. Sign A B. All right, the Steelers travel to Phoenix. They're two and a half point favorites against the cards. I'm going Steelers. I think I'm going cards. I kind of like the cards in this game because it's at home. The Steelers have been good. The Steelers are the Steelers technically a playoff team right now. Yes. Yeah. I don't see the Steelers making the playoffs. Um, I'm going to say that right now. Uh, I don't think uh, the duck gets it done. Um, I think the Steelers end up missing the playoffs. And I think they do that because I think they go on a bit of a, I think, I think they start to poop the bed a little bit down the stretch here. And I think it starts maybe with this cards winning. Yeah, I'm going to take the cards. All right. The Titans. Oh, it's so fitting that the Titans are playing the Raiders. The Raiders. The Titans are two and a half point favorites in Oakland. Aaron's going to be tested now with his uh, loyalty. Aaron, him. who do you got in this game? Titans, 100%. Titans to, win, to win and cover. Yeah. The Titans are going to win by, they're definitely going to cover. Lock of the year. Put money down. <laughs> Titans. I'm, we'll I'm beat the Aaron. Raiders. I'm with Aaron. I, I got Andy Dalton, Phillip Rivers, and the Titans. Oh, who, Ryan Tannehill. I've got Ryan Tannehill and the Titans. I got the Titans, too. All right, Sunday Night Football. It's currently even in Caesars. It's minus one and a lot for the Rams. It's an interesting game, huh? You're thinking about going? Thinking about going Sunday night. Thinking about going. It's a tough one. Seahawks are looking. Dude, here's my thing on the Seahawks. Everyone's everyone's like, nobody, nobody worries about them. Here's why everybody should worry about them. Two reasons. My boy Russ, he has experience. Wait, nobody worries about them, meaning what? Nobody's talking about them like making a Super Bowl run. Right. Nobody is. Nobody is. They're just like, oh, they're cool. They're 10 and 2. Dude, you can't undervalue a quarterback who's played in the playoffs, and a coach who's played, a coach who's exceeded in the playoffs. I, I just think that's, to me, those are the two factors that are being undervalued for the Seahawks. I'm not saying the Seahawks are going to the Super Bowl, and maybe they could be, as Tug calls, paper tigers. But I just, I think those things are undervalued when you have a coach and a quarterback who've been together for eight years, and they've made the playoffs seven of those eight years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think the Seahawks win. The Rams looked great last week. They looked amazing. They also were playing the Cardinals. So right now, Seattle's the two. So right now, if the season ended today, the Seahawks would get a bye, and they would get, I mean, you, you would have a three, four, five, six of Green Bay, Dallas, San Francisco, Minnesota. You know, you would essentially pro- most likely have a San Francisco team in Seattle in a game two, which obviously anybody can win that game. I yeah. like I like Seattle to beat Dallas or Minnesota because I don't like Kirk Cousins to win one playoff game, let alone two. Um, but they w- they wouldn't draw Green Bay. If Green Bay won, they would be the one they would be the higher seed. 
Uh, actually, I guess they could. They could draw Green Bay. I wouldn't love that. I wouldn't love their chances against Green Bay. Um, I know that would be a battle of Tugs, Paper Tigers. But just because of the situation being that it's a a um, a division game, a San Francisco Seattle game in Seattle could go anybody's way. I I actually like San Francisco better than I like Seattle, even though Seattle beat them. But um, but I just don't see them then getting through a New Orleans team, especially if they had to go on the road and play in New Orleans. But certainly draw-wise and the way it can match up, you couldn't count them out. I think they know the Seahawks like have to get home field advantage. I think they win this game. I think it's a good low-scoring game. They're going to run the ball a lot. They're going to try to eat up the clock. I, my question is why are the Rams favored? What's well, even here. Right, but the Rams are favored in some places. At minus one. Why? Because they're home? Because they're home. Now, now, don't forget, Seattle struggles in L.A. Even, I, know, I know they do. That's the only thing that's giving me. Even when the Rams weren't good, Seattle always struggles out here. I think the Seahawks win this game, too. And I think, like you said, I think it but all. You know what? Also, like, are, are the Seahawks are the Seahawks going 14-2 and two or 13-3? and three? I'm going to take the Rams. Change me. Twerks. I don't. I don't like. I don't like this pick. But I think, I think I've got to fade. I've got to fade you a little bit. I think they are going thirteen and three. And then you pe- you go ahead and pencil me in for the Giants right now. Nine and a half. I don't care. If fucking. I don't care. If Ruther's playing quarterback. The Eagles are a nine and a half point favorite against who? Where? How? What? The Eagles are not good. They aren't good. But I want to fade you. Great. Give Ruther that Eagles team. I don't trust the Eagles at all. But for the sake of the show, and you want to bet on the on the game, you said. Didn't, didn't you say that going on with the spread and everything? We've, we, you know, we haven't paid up on a lot of our bets, though. That's okay. the problem here. I mean, I mean, you still owe me for the Seahawks winning ten games last year. <laughs> what sushi? I think it was a hundred bucks. But then I figured I'm gonna lose the Brandon Cooks bet. So then it's down to 50, and then there's a sushi bet. But I think you and Tug also have a sushi bet. <laughs> Can someone keep track? Didn't someone create a Twitter feed for a minute and then just did nothing? Yeah. Classic dirtball move. I'll take the Eagles, though. Are you going to be here or are you going to be in Mexico? I think I'll be in Mexico, unfortunately, or else I'd say we should call that game. Yeah. The return of Eli. Who, by the way, I don't – I'm – like I'm not counting on Eli showing out in this game at all because the Giants still fucking suck. Eli's one and nine in his last ten games against the Eagles. The Giants have been bad and the Eagles have been good. And the Eagles are not good now. The Giants are still bad though. I just don't think the Giants can score enough points. All right, that is our week fourteen picks. We made it. Sorry, I know we keep not getting to calls. The hotline is 310-359. How, how far into the show are we? Two hours. You got one good one in no, there? No, I, I, we don't have time. Sorry. Okay. The hotline, 310-359-8365. Uh, plus, you have a lunch. Yeah, in half an hour. A block away from here. Let's go. Sure, whatever. 
Uh, I want to do another shout out. I know I shouted out a bunch of the dirt balls who came out to Jersey. Shout out to all the dirt balls who came to shows in Tahoe, sh- that came to shows in New York. Shout out to the number one China defeating dirt ball, Alex Bresler, who came to the stand on on uh, Tuesday night. Uh, special shout out. I mentioned Austin, who came to uh, New Jersey. Uh, I forgot to bring it. Uh, it's packed in my suitcase, which I haven't had a chance to unpack yet because I got I just got home yesterday. He uh, got us a Tiger Woods bobblehead, a Tiger Woods, a child Tiger t- Tiger Woods bobblehead, but it's Tiger Woods as a child. Golfing. Bro, bro, the bobblehead. We need we need a bigger shelf. We're gonna need a bigger boat. Have you seen what else I got? So my mom sent me. So shout out to Austin for the Tiger Woods bobblehead. My mom sent me a Joe Morgan. And Joe- I feel like I could. I feel like instead of getting a bigger shelf, I could sell that childish Tiger Woods bobblehead to Tug Coker for one thousand dollars. But shots fired. My mom sent me a Joe Morgan and Tony Perez bobblehead. The mayor for my birthday gave me his Fernando Valenzuela bobblehead. Now we have tight. We have four new bobbleheads. I think we need another shelf right up above the, this in this gap here for some bobbleheads. Well, just so you know, we're going to do a little before next year. I want to do a little remodel. Okay. Change the decoration scene up a little. Guys, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Dirty Sports. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Drop an iTunes review. And if you leave your Twitter or Instagram handle, I will send out koozies. I sent out 10 koozies on Monday morning. So uh, also real quick, guys, I, when I want you to leave your handles... Because I want to, I want to know who listens to the show. I follow back anybody who leaves their Twitter, or Instagram handle. So I like to know who leaves the show, so or who follows the show. So uh, do that at Fix Your Life on Twitter. If you want to apologize uh, for Josie Brisket, uh, at what is somebody Joe apologizing? Pran- You're out of your mind. I mean, they're in third place. Yeah, there's four games left. Okay, there's four games left. A quarter of the season is left apologize god you need to apologize about eli we gotta wrap up this show at joe prano on instagram uh you should follow me there because that's where i also announce a lot of my shows coming up and uh we've got shows coming up in tahoe again soon a lot of shows around la tahoe back in early january with eddie ift gonna be in uh the bay area Dates announced soon. Maybe get Andy Ruther back up there for another Bay Area visit. Aspen in February. Go to JoePrano.com and check out uh, my page. If Even if I'm not saying places that you are, you should probably go check it out because a lot of times I put things on there and I haven't mentioned them. And you can be like, dude, why didn't you tell me you were going to be in New Jersey? It's like, hey, I told you a fucking hundred times. I also told you to check out JoePrano.com. So go there and uh, check it out. Support some live shows. And uh, it's good to be back. Follow me on Twitter at DS Interns and follow me on Instagram at Aaron Maharis. There it is, guys. Just follow us on Instagram. Joe's right. It's all that matters. <laughs> I don't even care about my personal. Just follow at the Dirty Sports. Okay, guys, that's the show. Great to have you back, Prano. We're thusting. Thusting like a motherfucker. Uh, guys, we're doing this. 2020's right around the corner. Big things popping. All right, Dirtballs, have a great week. Hey, before you drop the final line, I was just thinking, since we have a lot of bets out there, should we bet on just like the personal lines for Eli Manning and Josie Brisket this week? Do you think, should we do touchdowns, yards, completions? We'll we'll discuss off air. Okay, great. All right, guys. Have a great week. And most importantly, 
Stay dirty. Support from today's show comes from our sponsor, Current. You guys can download Current for free at current.com forward slash dirty sports. Current is a mobile bank account that comes with a Visa debit card that has no minimum balance, no overdrafts, and no hidden fees. And even better, Current is doing a contest for our show. Listen up, Dirtballs. They will double your paycheck. That's right, up to $500 for anyone who uses promo code Dirty Sports or signs up at current.com forward slash Dirty Sports. The first 50 people who use promo code Dirty Sports will get their chance to double their paycheck up to $500. To qualify, all you need to do is switch over your direct deposit paycheck to Current. And here's a great thing about Current. The black premium card gets your paycheck up to two days faster, Joe Prano. Andy, you said, what is it, the first 50 people that sign up? The first 50 people are available to win this contest. I should say I should say right now, it's going to be the first 49 people by the time they hear this. I'm signing up for it because they've they've sold me. No minimum fees, no, no minimums in your account, no overdraft fees. It links to my Venmo. It... Uh, I, they they give me my paycheck two days early. If you sign up for the black, if you premium. sign up for the premium, I'm I'm doing it. I signed up for the first forty nine dirt balls to sign up. You have a potential of winning a match of your paycheck up to five hundred dollars. I'm doing it. You should do it. Definitely. So right now, go to current.com forward slash dirty sports or use promo code dirty sports when you sign up at current. Do that right now, guys, for your chance to win money. Once again, thanks to today's sponsor current and go download the app for free at current.com forward slash dirty sports.